Jay, you in the building? Yes, sir. Okay, so Derek should be popping uh, in any second if Derek isn't. Derek Hamilton, are you in here? No, he's not in here yet, but you can just give me you can just give me a rundown of what he was talking about, so we don't waste time. Well, he pretty much stated that he uh, he kind of lost faith in uh, our elected official. That sounds like Derek back in the building. Yeah, I'm back. <laughs> okay, so uh, like like Derek was saying, uh, Jeff, and I'll let him finish up. He's lost faith faith in our elected official, so I'll let him finish off where he left off. Yeah, I was saying that I lost um, faith in them because they haven't been representing us. And um, I was going into how the RDRC was uh, beautifying the stores in downtown Rockaway. Okay. 75% of the cost of the Hornets. And when I looked into it and I, you know, I called up, called them up and asked them where the money came from. They said there was money that was allocated for the Rockaways. And um, you know, I feel like that money should rep that money should go towards something that's beneficial for us, not okay. business owners who um live don't live in the district. And these are the same businesses that's been bleeding the community dry. You know, they take the money, but they don't put no money back into the community. Mm. I agree I, when I was a, a young kid, I was saying that I used to play baseball for art drugs. You know, all our teams were sponsored by different businesses okay. we don't have that in our community anymore like I don't see that anymore and you know here it is you're paying for 75% of the cost of these businesses and these people are not constituents they don't have to live in the district or anything so when I asked the RDRC I said okay well what do you um, what services do you offer for people who uh, live in the neighborhood like, would you do uh, business loans for them? And they told me no. Okay. They told me that right. if they, if the person has good credit, right direction. So my, my, you know, my response to them was, if they got good credit, they don't need you to point them anywhere. They can go in exactly. and, get, and get that, that money. So like, why are you uh, helping Ling Ling Liquors when they taking the money right out of the community? How is that like if you look at their, their mission statement, their mission statement says to revitalize the Rockaways okay. economic base Absolutely. in neighborhoods and to secure and uh, improve quality of life for its residents. The economic base isn't the businesses. The economic base is the, is the, 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 the constituents. Correct. That's, that's the economic base. And you're not beautifying the neighborhood. You're beautifying a few blocks making that okay. look good and then the rest of the, you know everything else is torn down so it's like how are you improving the quality of life of his residents well if you look at these new plan for for mod avenue and uh the, the all the building that's going on it it, it looks like it's going to be a a new city down there in the in far rockway mm -hmm. i mean you know to touch on you know i spoke at the last the last episode of my rdrc and you know i got some messages some feedback from it and a lot of people okay. telling me i don't know what i'm talking about but here we go we got a witness on our on our podcast today on the next episode yeah i didn't even i didn't even hear what you said about him and, 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 you know <laughs> i pretty much you know you you gave us a way a way better understanding of like you know how you feel that organization represents the community and i said something similar along the lines of like 
I don't know how a politician is able to just keep giving these guys money to get their own building and I don't see nothing shown for it. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this oh. organization, like you said, the ambitious statement says that they're here to revitalize, but what are you revitalizing per se? Because a lot of people use that word so loosely, but a lot of people don't really understand what the word means. Exactly. Okay. okay. Where is RDRC's office located? I'm, you know, I'm just trying to. 1920. Right? Is it 1920? Okay. Because I've I've never been there. I'm, I'm I'm trying. You know, I'm wondering if RDRC is like an organization from in Bedford Stuyvesant, where I grew up, would call uh, the Restoration Plaza. I was wondering if they was connected to that as well, but I don't like when I um when I looked at, you know, when I dug deeper, it, it don't seem to be, it seemed like it's different people. Well, yeah, I mean, I heard that they were also connected with, uh, what was it, Rango and them guys down in, in Harlem. You know, they also connected with a lot of those organizations in Harlem because the, the CEO of RDRC is from that area and seems to, you know, have a lot of good connections with leaders of that community. So why is a Harlem-based organization in the Rockaways? Well, I mean, well, you know, we don't want to say that. I'm not going to point it. You know, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> that's a good question. But, you know, they've been here for a while. That's a valid question. Okay. They've been here for a while, though. They've been here for like over 20-something years, so. Okay. Okay. Okay, so me being a newbie out here, uh, what have you guys seen that uh, they've brought to the Rockaways to make it a, a more vibrant and better place for the community? I didn't see nothing. I, I'd rather you be honest. Be honest. You know, seriously. Everything, you know, I've, I've been here. I grew up here. I was born in St. John's Hospital, and okay. I spent um, at least thirty something years of my life out here. Even if, you know, even when I moved away, I moved away, you know, a few times. But uh, one time, I was still close by. I was in Lawrence, so I was still close by enough to to know what's going on. Okay. And, I can't really say that they've done anything. I, it looked like they they torn the place apart. Wow! It looked worse. Wow. It looked okay. worse than you know than it did when I was growing up. We had different you know programs. We used to have the Big Apple games. Okay. We used to have, I remember uh, that. I remember that. I was part of you know, Big Apple games. We had the the five to seven, the basketball. We we had a lot of different um, programs growing up. I don't see that same type of stuff like, you know, I have a five-year-old. Okay. And it's like, you know, we just started being able to put her in a, um after-school program. She just became the age wow. for after-school program. Okay. Now, if you look at how bad the transportation system is, if you work in the city and you... you they, all right. I like where this is going. One, one of the one of the uh, daycares out here, they close at six six thirty, right? Okay. So let's say you work in the city. Okay. Now, one, you can't drop your kid off until seven o'clock at this school, seven seven thirty. Okay. So no early. Drop. That's the time you gotta drop your kid off, and then you you, you gotta make your way towards the city. Okay. It's obvious that you you're not get you're not working. Um, it's it's possible that you're not working nine to five. Correct. And, but let's say you are working nine to five. You can get to. Let's say you can get to the city in that time with with our poor transportation system. <laughs> By the time you get out at five, right? 
it's not likely that you're going to make it back to the Rockaways at six o'clock. That's not happening. Absolutely. To pick up to pick up your child. So it's like you know, we don't have the support as far as like families for families to actually, you know, uh, take take care of their business. Basically, if you want to to be a working class family, you know, have two a two income family, it's it's pretty hard to do that when you don't have like the child care. Okay. For that you know like it, it's a lot of different things out here the, the, the um the subway system is poor then you look at the the shelter that's in the 40s uh 75 families at one time you know i was taking clothes over there okay and, and oh this is this is a funny story too i was you know they was all for me bringing clothes and stuff like that and um i even wanted to donate food and stuff like that so I was looking to into a few things with um, with um, trying to get some type of sponsorship in order to bring them uh, some type of food because I found okay. out that it was seventy five families there, and they had to share five microwaves along with the caseworkers that that. Mm. Are, are five, we talking about that Lakita the hotel? How, the hotel, yeah. Okay. Okay. Laquinta or whatever it's called. Yeah, Laquinta Shelter. Yes. And these 75 families, some of them had um, children as young as, you know, of under a year. Wow. Yeah, old and well, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. I was, I was also, now, you know, can you correct me too and say that a lot of them, they had like domestic violence victims from what I was hearing? Yeah. Well, I, not all of them. Some of them are full families. Oh, like, oh wow. So there's men in that shelter. Some of them are men, men, yeah. You That's see men and everything there, like families. Like you'll see a husband and wife. Wow. Okay. Think about it. That's, not, okay. That's okay. not too bad. Yeah. Our tax dollars are being used. They're paying three thousand a month, right? For for a family to stay there, and here it is. It's like things like Section Eight and um, other type of housing subsidies. They're cutting them, but then. You're putting that money towards housing people for three thousand a month in a in a room, basically. Exactly. They don't even have a. a it's a food desert over there. I mean, no, what, what are they gonna eat? Like, what, what's around there? Well, just, you know, that's a healthy choice. You got a Chinese restaurant over there, and a pizza place like maybe ten blocks away. So it's like, yo, know, what's really their what's really their choices? For feeding their family, you know, other than microwave food. Well, you, you got to look at, at at these the housing developments that are coming. That hopefully that the people that are in these shelters get first crack at these these new. They don't, uh, that, that's the thing about it too. Um, me and um Councilman Eric Yuri, mm-hmm. we, we was you know we had a conversation about this because I actually tried to. Um, get you know when they was building another one in Rockaway Park you know I reached out to him to see if it was something that he could do for some of those people there like when I hear their stories I'm like wow mm-hmm. like you know and some of these people are working class people it's just right. that you know it costs to live in New York so Absolutely. this is this was the part that I, I thought was funny was the moment I told them I said 
give me the person with the most pressing need okay. to, to get an apartment. Give me, give me the family with the most pressing need. Pretty much the nonprofit that works there. Okay. Stop answering my phone calls. Wow. And when you know when I I went back to Eric York and told him that he said to me, this was his words. He said, "You think they want to help them when they making all that money, <laughs> housing them? Like you you do you you're coming in there, you're taking you're taking food out their mouth, exactly. you're taking the money. You want to keep them there as long as you possibly can. Yeah. And, 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 that's and the city I, doesn't I the city like, doesn't they, care they, because yeah." It ignores the fact of the matter of like the housing crisis. So the city is like, yeah, we'll keep paying as long as they got somewhere to sleep. Well, it, there's a crazy card game going on out here because at the same time, uh, the same owner, once again, of the La Quinta Hotel is opening up another hotel on Mott Avenue, which we're sure is going to be possibly another shelter. So now you have a, a affordable housing uh unit going up on my avenue and i'm not sure how many units will be affordable that's why they look alike look the same <laughs> same owners so then you have uh over the uh development going over by peninsula hospital so i would hope that these people that are the families that are already in the shelters would really have first crack at getting in these it's not, that's not how they works man you keep saying it's it lottery it's not how it works man. <laughs> lottery they say these things you know uh, x amount of people or a certain amount of residents from rockaway uh yeah but that, 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 that you gotta remember for, not everybody in these shelters for, are from our community they're being yeah. they're, they're being they bring shipped from, from other like, parts of the city thing? like you somebody from from the bronx can win the lottery and they'll be getting the apartment there but how meanwhile we we haven't we have to move the people out of this shelter that's right across the street. But here's another thing to here's another example to take in fact. Now, let's say they come and they go into a shelter in our community. They can now put their kids in the schools in our area, which is not a problem. Yeah. That's not my point. But uh when you put the kids into the school, now you can say that you're a resident of this community because this is where you're mm -hmm. staying and this is where your kids go to school at. So that also now takes away from the people who lived here 20, 30 years that yeah. may be in the same situation as them. They now have to now compete with them as well, even though, you know, Rockaway residents would get a 50% higher chance than others in these lotteries, which I don't, to me, I, I don't think it's fair. And, and it, it needs to be, there needs to be a new policy implemented with affordable housing. Okay. So you, so you think there's a small amount of affordable units and everything else may be market rate? Yeah. Well, yeah. this is not a baby. That's this how is, we, this that's is how the truth. Think, it's, it's not a baby. I think this one has had 30. Um, thirty total um, affordable units. Affordable units, right? But they was all out of those thirty. They're at different levels. Like, okay, ten maybe for people fifteen thousand and under. Then another ten maybe for people twenty five thousand and above. You know, up to thirty or something. So it's like level. So it's really you're not serving. Like if the, if you got. 30 people that's under 15,000 or 30 of them and getting in what well, well, here's where this is going to be really interesting because on on October 24th there's a town hall that's going to be at PS42 with uh Mayor de Blasio so maybe these are some questions you can just go directly to the source and see what the see what the mayor has to say about this if we can't get the answers from uh our representatives that are right here in our district yeah. 
because exactly. I see. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I I just there's a lot of smoke and mirrors, so I'm I'm not really clear on it, and I don't want to speak on something that I'm unsure. However, at the town hall, I will ask the mayor that question. And I, you know, going back to it again, it, it's it's like like you said, smoke and mirrors. But at the same time, the answers are right in front of everybody's face if you just go and look for it. Yeah, and you you go over there. You can just you know this is stuff that you know we could all foil and ask. Like you know we go up to the building, you know the affordable building that was done on Ninetieth Street, I believe Ninety Fifth. Okay. And you go in there, you ask for the percentages of how many people in this community has actually gotten an apartment there. And interested enough, though, a lot of people think you just win a lottery and you're granted the apartment. That's not how it works. Now let's say somebody from the shelter system gets granted into the lottery sounds great so far right they now mm-hmm. go they now have to go into an interview with the, with the manager of the building and they have to present income levels now i'm gonna go off the whip and say that nobody is gonna be in the shelter if they're making 60k a year ideally i'm sure there's some there but i'm saying ideally no one's gonna have 60k a year in income to produce to get into these buildings because some of them require 40k or up some require hundred thousand dollars to get these affordable units yeah. And they're not going to give it to you if you don't have any type of stable income. Now, the person could have a job in the shelter system, but if it's not a stable income, if it's not two, three times the rent or the income adjusted to these AMIs, they're not going to give it to them. And they'll be right back in the shelter system. So they're truly not fixing the issue here. That's just truly how I feel. That's probably what happened. I, don't know, I don't know if you remember when um, Arbor and Bodice was first, um, when it first started being built. Okay. Uh, back then, Giuliani gave, I want to say, a billion dollars towards it. So, usually the city don't fund something unless it's supposed to be like serving the people. Like, okay, you know, like the, the less fortunate, okay. like like the affordable housing. Okay. So right. Originally, it was pushed like these was going to be homes that people can afford these homes are now um, almost a million dollars 900,000 and stuff like that right so this is this this was started off with city money you know and some of the developers money okay and what I found out recently with with the, the new apartment building that they put up was that a lot of people from Edgemere they was taking the um Ocean Bay, whatever it's called now, you know, they got the Section 8 vouchers. So a lot of people started applying for those apartments. And Are they taking I, Section 8? Because I've heard the same yeah, thing. They, and it's they been was a, taking it. It's a huge, listen, huge rumor going it. on out here. About Here's that. the trick. They take it, right? And I was told this. I don't want to say that. I don't want to say to put the person out there, you know. Right. But basically, they was taking section eight but the thing what happened was when they seen who was coming there what they did was okay yeah we take section eight but you gotta have an income of a minimum income of so then you don't take section eight you ain't really taking section eight if you if you if you putting a minimum on 
how much the people got to make. Right. Yeah, there's, a high, there's a high income requirement. I, I do know that. Yeah, yeah, but see, here's the thing about Section 8 vouchers that a lot of people don't necessarily understand either. These Section 8 vouchers only require but such an amount that Section 8 will pay the, the landlord. So yeah. If this, if they're going for a two bedroom, they're paying market value. Yeah, two bedrooms are, are marketed around twenty two hundred and twenty four hundred in that new building. You know, twenty five, twenty five hundred. So if your if your Section Eight voucher only requires that the maximum of eighteen hundred dollars, then you don't qualify. You will qualify, you, but you will have to pay them. The come up with the rest. You would have to come up with the rest, and I'm pretty sure whoever has an eighteen hundred dollar. Uh, Section Eight voucher cannot afford you ain't got, to pay you ain't got the money for the rest. <laughs> yeah, but I was, I was told something different. Like, like Section Eight. Well, if if it's over that threshold, they're not gonna go for somebody paying the difference. But the thing is, like Section Eight. But that's what people you, do with Section they won't Eight give anyway. You that much they money. pay the difference anyway. They won't give you that much money if you have that much. If you if if you have a a, a decent income, they're not giving you that. Like if you if you made fifty thousand, for instance. You might be able to get a hundred dollars out of Section Eight, right? Hey, like, like, uh, in other words, e Section Eight does not pay people's rent. That's one of the misconceptions about Section Eight. It does not pay mm. people's rent. It goes according to what you make, and then they tell you your portion that you owe to the landlord every month. Exactly. Okay. So it's not that people are Section Eight or riding off the system and all that. You still have to work to get a Section Eight. You cannot have no job and, and get Section Eight. Well, I, I, I can tell you what I've been told at at those rentals. Your your credit score has to be in the in the in the seven range, and you have to meet the income requirements. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. credit. You, yeah. Well, I don't understand well, why credit you, you, would. You see, this is the problem I have with that building, though. Credit shouldn't say, matter if you, yeah. if you make enough money to pay the rent. It should, credit shouldn't matter. F, F, that's a bygone error. That's the way it is now. Yeah. That's, that's the way. That's not everywhere you go. Jeff, it's almost everywhere you go. They're going to look at you. Can go to, you yeah, you can go to any landlord, and the landlord will just ask you, hey, give me your pay stubs. If you make three times the rent, here's the apartment. Yeah, that's true. Some, some of them they do, do They use credit without, scores. Without they use credit it. scores to keep certain people out. Well, Jeff, if, if if you own a building and, you know, you got your blood, sweat and tears all into that place and you put your money in it, wouldn't you want to have people in there that you know are qualified? Yeah, but I want it to be diverse as well. You know what I would what I would assume, though? I would. Well, what I would look more into is where you lived before and how long you lived here. Exactly. So if you show if you could show me that. You paid your that you stayed in uh, um, uh, somewhere for three years. Then that means, regardless of what your credit score was, you made sure that you had a roof over your head. Well, how about if you were tearing the damn place up for three years? All right. Well, then that, well, you know what? I mean, not everybody on Section Eight destroys places. No, 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 no. I'm just saying anyone. I didn't say Section Eight. I said anyone. You could have a bad tenant that doesn't have uh, a voucher. You could be making a hundred thousand dollars a year and be a tenant from hell. Yeah, but, but how could you tell someone's gonna mess up your place like that? And you just met them. Jeff, that's why they raised the bar. That's why they make well, well, it. No, well, I understand that, but also, why can't they background check people anymore? How are they not doing that? You just base it off a of credit score. Well, some, some landlords background check you too. Some landlords do background. Some of them do. Yeah, so that that's not something that's not being done. But um, I mean they. It's, it's supposed to be. It's, they're not supposed to discriminate against you, but the reality but they is do. that they do. 
Well, I, 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 I don't know if any vouchers being taken from over there, and I know people closely involved in over there, and um, it, it's definitely market rate. Because That's what I was understanding, I don't know where this rumor came from that they were taking vouchers. And, I mean, well, somebody you know, make this up. You know, somebody had to go in there. Somebody they said that, but they, they, they offered this. What I was told was that they take them. But when when they found out when they got you know when they started getting visitors with vouchers, like original their plan was yeah we'll take them. But when they started seeing who was coming in. When they seen black faces, then it became okay. So you felt like these people, these people would be a profile. So you think it's racial? It could be a person, a Hispanic or Asian well, or a Caucasian person. From, from what I was told, voucher. From what I was told, it was racial. I wouldn't put it past you because it happened to me when I went to an apartment building in Brooklyn. I was like, you guys don't even know what I make yet. You're already assuming that I'm on some program. Yeah, but from what I was told, it was racial. And I mean, it was a reliable, a reliable source. I just can't say, you know. Right, 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 right. We don't want. But it was we, a, don't, we don't want nobody jeopardized on the show. Yeah. Right, right. Well, I I don't know about that. I definitely know it was market rate. It was definitely not in no affordable rent because the 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 one bedrooms are starting at. 1700 well i mean for what i can understand about this developer though this developer is a pretty fair guy and for what i can say is though he did negotiate with the former councilman at the other condos that have certain units and they're affordable for people with option to buy now Correct. with that being said i'm gonna just go out of the web and make a projection that maybe at some point he wanted to give it a shot and say well you know what maybe we'll take some people in here make it a mixed use unit which is not wrong. That I guess he said, you know what? If I put a few in there, maybe we can get a current the current administration that's in here now to get off my back and stop saying that I'm a gentrifier and let me give certain people a chance in there. But I mean, a building of that magnitude and how it looks, I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even try and walk up in there with a voucher and think that they're gonna take it. That's just me. But that doesn't make it right that others go in there and that they're being mistreated. I, you know, I can't speak on that because I, you know, I wasn't there. I don't know all the facts, but. If people are saying these things, I think it's it's worth listening to. That's the first I've heard, so I, you know, I I haven't heard anything like that. And usually with social media now, as much as people like to write everything that happens in their life up there, I haven't seen anything. Well, well I have. I've had other well, people come up and you, tell me the that, moment they you ask, that they take Section 8. The, so. the, the moment you ask people to present that income, that it's, that it's an income requirement, that shuts down any argument of, of discrimination right against them exactly exactly so it's like you know but, but they, they can easily say that you know and, and that may not be the case they just look at like hey you know this is uh you know it looked like they're from like down the block at the hood somewhere you know i don't want them in here yeah and i mean like it's understandable that you you can look at it's 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 the, the reality is with with, uh, with rent that you will be profiled and people will look at certain people and say okay mm, nah, nah, nah i'm not feeling that person exactly because when it when it's your home and i can tell you i i've interviewed up upwards to 20 people at a time uh until i felt comfortable and there were a lot that were qualified but i 
kind of looked at the credit score and the income requirement and uh and then i just used my my, my gut instinct to say you know i'm feeling a good vibe from this person so you got to be in the other person's shoes to know what type of decision you would make if you own that property right but you know to say to say the most here is that i think we can say for all developers though is that you see there's a crisis in this city and you guys got all this money you got all this power backing behind you you guys are making more than enough money it is so easy to go out there find the right people that are on these vouchers do the background checks properly do your do your investigation I feel like everybody deserves a shot at living nice. Yeah. And if you're going to come into my community and you're going to build, and I'm not talking about the Armored by the Sea developers specifically, I'm talking about anybody. If you're going to come into a community and you're going to provide a business, it's always nice to start thinking about the ones who would like to be somewhere nice. they like to live, you know, because people still got to yeah, live. I, I agree with that. Um, when I was running, um, I don't know if you... If you've seen one of the um, the flies I had, but one of the things I wanted to do was, you know, I wanted to kind of change up what um, affordable housing was. I wanted to actually um, do something like do a rent to own for, for, for people with certain incomes. Because I feel like if you gave somebody, if somebody owns something, they're more likely to take care of that building. Like if you had apartments for rent, like Correct. for instance, instead of you um, offloading all the New York City housing properties to these um, investors and letting them uh, lease the property for a hundred years while still receiving government government benefits of, of you know helping them fix the the properties up. Okay. Instead, you just give it to the people because you have, uh, like, it was one female, um, Edgeman. I forget her first name, but I went to school with her daughters, last name Miller. She spent, um, I think they said she was in the projects for 50 years, right? Or 40, 40 years. <clears throat> now, if you do the cost of, of, of the rent that she paid over the years, she done brought that apartment like 10 times over. Hmm. And it's like, you know, like, why would you sell it off, you know, offload it to somebody else instead of just co-opting the projects? And you Let know, these that's people an interesting own. point you said there because, you know, this is a little bit, this may sound a little communistic and it's not favored in this country, but I'm going to say this. I feel like now being that this city is so oversaturated with people, if you already have an apartment or you already own property, you should not be able to come into a housing development and rent out because half of them don't live in these rent you should you should half of them don't live in here i feel like if you got you should there should be a limit to how many places you can rent and own if you already own something you should only be able to rent out one place you shouldn't be able to rent out three different places across brooklyn and queens because you're just taking up empty space that someone else can have wait wait what? so you're saying if you own multiple homes there's people he, he, he's he's not lying there's people who own homes and have apartments in the projects like they don't let go correct that's what apartment. i was right i left that they out they don't right. let go the projects right so or they'll, any they'll, affordable or any affordable bishop off the house yeah they'll they'll sublease it to somebody that's horrible you know because you, you're taking it away from others in need 
you know that's very and, and it can easily be stopped with one piece of legislation but you know what i'm you know that's me speaking yeah, my I mean, mind like, I, I, they could create a database and, and that's all they would need because that way you could tell who needs what because if all right if such and such mama lives with such and such sister then chances are they can they can find a place to live they're just being out there because they just want to have their own stuff but that's interesting well looking at at where I come from in Brooklyn, you know, I, I grew up in Bevis, Stuyvesant, in Crown Heights. And as an adult, you know, I lived in, in Park Slope. But looking at what you see happening in Bushwick, Bedford, Stuyvesant, Crown Heights, Flatbush, um, what do you think is headed towards the Rockaways? <laughs> the same thing. Rockaways actually starting to look like downtown Brooklyn. I wouldn't go that far, but it's starting to look more. Well, like, I mean, like uh, it's I'm talking to look about more like a Clinton Hill or something like, like that. I mean, it's when I when when I was growing up, Rockaway had like a beachy feel. We used to have like um over there close by you, Jeff. Um, okay, right next to you, with you know the, that that unkept land, right? Right. <laughs> that used to be called Dirt Bike Alley. Wow. Some people call it dirt bike alley. Some people call it dirt bike heaven. And people used to ride, you know, like motorcycles through there and bikes and stuff like that. Right. Like, yeah, like hills and stuff like that. That was somewhere where we used to play at. Okay. Right. right. There used to be a park in there too. Huh? Yeah, people parking there now. <laughs> just people just put, just uh, parking their cars in there and all types of stuff. Like it's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's weeds growing all over the place. Like yeah, we got a little marshland to too. Grow. I found some water in there now. Just standing water inside the leaves now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's starting to turn into a little marshland. Wow. That's where you're like, missing. It, 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 it was different, like growing up in Rockaway. It was a, it was a lot different. Well, you know, we before, had, you know, before our everybody to see was. You know, before everybody yeah, the scene um, came, remember when you used to like have to like you know be chased by dogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 is that an urban legend, man? Dogs chasing people, man? Because yeah, that's, no, dogs used to. Yeah, he thinks that's a joke, man. That was that no, was that and, was real. And they used to, if you like back in the days, I don't think I don't think it's that way now because I haven't seen it in a long time. But back in the days, you could have found. A, a, a pack of dogs on the boardwalk. Right. <laughs> right. Wow. Hanging out like you know, they 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 traveling through the boardwalk. <laughs> but but right. Jeff said they were chasing people down, eating them. You, they would chase people down. <laughs> I'm exactly. They definitely would chase you. Wow. But it, like we said, we used to have a lot of straight dogs in Rockland. We used to. I mean, I mean, at least downtown Brooklyn got sidewalks and streetlights, you know what I mean? It's, it's a Jeff, Jeff, maybe that's a question you could ask, or maybe you should take some photographs and, and let the mayor see where, you know, you, you have no sidewalks over there by you. Yeah, you know, and I, I you know what, Derek, what, it's funny that you mentioned that, right? Because Derek has like this famous photo that I love that he posted one day. And it's him with like a busted up tire right in front of my department. Yeah, right in front of your building. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I'm just like, you know, like, why, why do people drive through there every day and just not care and not say anything? I don't even know if I would park my car there, especially a nice car like what you drive, uh, Derek. I don't even know why you even go down there. I, yeah, I, t- I tore up some wheels in, um, two wheels in uh, Rockaway. 
Yeah, you gotta get to your destination. But, but isn't uh, it but isn't it funny, Derek? Once you get past all the new affordable housing units that he puts up there, it's nice paved streets over there, but you skipped an entire entire intersection, the entire fifties yeah. and sixties. But when you get to the forties, you got some nice paved streets over there, right? Yep. Uh, I don't I don't get that. <laughs> well well, Derek, are you gonna be there on uh, October twenty fourth? Most likely, um, I'm gonna uh, make sure that I'm off from work. I gotta, I gotta find a way to get out of work early for that one. Yeah. Well, well, I, 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 I tell you one thing: it, it's, it's the town hall is in Arvern, but the Civic, the heart of Rockaway that represents this area, is not even a co-host for this town hall. I, I find that oh, wow. very disrespectful. You know, when you have that's the like, that's like um when when um. Cynthia Nixon came through. Oh, oh, and you visited. Oh. You visited um, Rockaway. You know, you visited certain people in Rockaway, but you didn't really come to yeah, the real yeah, people. She went and visited a twelve pack of whiteouts. She didn't visit the real people. It did have the nerve to come to the Caribbean parade. And afterwards. <laughs> She didn't look like she was thrilled to be there. I can, I can tell you that. She she looked like she needs to eat a couple of cheeseburgers too, because it looked like she stands sideways. You can't see her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm just I, I'm I'm a little nervous about uh, the density in, in, on on Mott Avenue. There are a lot of business owners that are worried that they're going to be displaced and moved. Well, out. I know of one store already closing. A store that was. It was a bodega that was open for, um, I want to say, 20-something years, maybe 30. Wow. And they had to close due to that. And it's like, you know, the stores that you, these are people that live in the, you know, in the they live, they was low. Yeah. Like, so, Same like, thing with the owner of Thriftway. My, my good boy over there, he was pushed out. And he's not even promised to get a spot back when it's done. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense because, well, my thing is it, the fact that you're going to add all of these families here, um, are you going to build new schools? And that's the thing that when we had the uh, um, community board 14 meeting and they asked for that, like it was certain things that they put in um, for certain requirements. That they that they asked the councilman for. He goes back to city council and present the original plans, not what they asked for. Like you know, they didn't want it over a certain height. I think they I think they right, said right. Um, six floors max or something like that. Okay. And a certain amount of units. He went right to the, he ignored everything that that they asked for, of course, and presented the original plan. But but I'll tell you though, he ain't he didn't do anything wrong. That's the sad part that community boards don't really have any power. No, they don't have no power. And the, the funny thing is that he said that in an interview. Like they talked to him about that and he told them, he said, I'll listen. He said, but at the end of the day, I have the final say. Correct. Of course. Of course. And, and you know, city planning. And that's I'm it. cool. I'm cool with you having the final say. But don't tell me that you listen to the people. Correct. Right. Don't tell me you you working for us because if you working for us, then you you will uh, basically try to make us happy because when you when they had the real big meeting because they had multiple meetings on this when they had the real big meeting at the um the Jewish community center 
that that was the most people that came out. You know, you talking about Bayswater? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. People, uh, people was against, right? Oh, they're definitely not in he, favor of. He told the story like him and the Wade told the story as if like people approved it, and that's not what happened. Yeah, absolutely not. The way the way favor too. So <laughs> yeah, well, that's we well, I, I, is it true that the wave has a new owner now it was sold or is that like an urban legend another urban legend no, 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 but I know no they, way. they have a new editor and they have a new publisher I believe. yeah publisher yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah Mark Healy's still there but they have a new publisher ah okay okay interesting well um I'm, I'm glad to see that those buildings are going up by the tides because they're going to bring some more retail over here so we won't be uh maybe half of the desert is starting to grow vegetation you know you, you know you know what i, I want to what i'm curious about all right the mayor uh you know donovan and the mayor always tell this story about how you know during sandy he came out here he brought him out here and showed him the rockaways negative now if you show them the rockaways then you mean to tell me that Downtown Rockaway was the only thing he saw fit to to to, to build on to, to to invest in. Yeah, yeah. This is, this is a, well, this wait, a, well, a, a when the mayor came down here, he wasn't even the mayor. Yeah, he's a uh, public advocate, I guess. He was, he was a public advocate at the time, which you know that's also alarming because, like, how did everybody know this guy was going to win? Because he he and somebody back pocket. Because Anthony Weiner was was taking the election before they found out he was, you know, messing I, with the girls again. I, 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 and Jeffrey, you probably heard this before too. I've heard this from multiple councilmen, his peers. Uh huh. His peers, his peers always when 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 this is how all his peers describe him. He's an interesting dude, you know. He's in the mayor's back pocket. His nose is falling up the, the mayor's behind. This is how <laughs> old is. A lot of people have said that. Yeah. I've heard that too from too many councilmen. Wow. And I mean, you know, when he was running for speaker, that was, I'm sure that was something that was, was brought up. But I thought he was going to get it. Well, a lot of us, thought, a lot of us thought he was going to get it, but at the same time, you know, I was paying attention to detail and how a lot of things were working there. And Corey Johnson's name was coming up too many times while I was there. And you know, Ed over here can back me up. I've been saying that Corey would win six months before this happened. Yeah, I agree. You, you kept saying it. You were calling it. I was like, that guy. Yeah. That guy is no. Nobody likes anybody. And I'm not accusing him of, of doing these things, but nobody likes anybody who's too close to the mayor because everybody in that city council has their own agenda for their own community. Yeah. So. At the same time, Corey Johnson would get arrested every day. I've been seeing this man on the news every day. He's calling the mayor out on things. He's like protesting. He's like, he's with his people. Yeah. Correct. Right. And he's respected in the council a lot. And, you know, he's yeah. also got, you know, a large following with the LGBTQ. You, you, couldn't, you couldn't tell me nothing. I just knew he was going to win it. <laughs> I mean, I would say he was a formidable candidate for sure because of, at the time he was. You know, if on the outside looking in, he was the bright star there. Like he was pushing a lot of legislation through. Yeah. No, that's, that's the way he went wrong. Now, <laughs> I, I, when you when you said the legislation, you you know what? 
I got to laugh though because it's like I looked up the laws, you know, everything that he was pushing, and it's like I don't see how it relates to us. Like one of the things that he pushed that I thought I, I thought was weird was like with concert tickets. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm not saying that you can't. Um, you know, make laws for other other parts of New York City. You can't. <laughs> but it, it just when your district has so many needs, and you're thinking about like. Uh, price gouging or tickets, concert tickets, when you don't even have a concert hall in your in your district, it's like it's weird to me. Right, like why does that concern you? You like all his his other um bill that he that he wrote was you know for um to have these lights that shut down in in these um oh, yeah. buildings. Like a lot of that stuff don't even pertain to us. I, I'll give you one. I'll give you one of my own that I didn't like. And every councilman that voted yes on this, I look at all of them different today. They put. Remember the bill that they put out? I believe he was a co-sponsor. He didn't write this bill. He was a co-sponsor. I believe it yeah. was. Forget it. I'm not even going to say no names without the facts. But anyway, there was a bill out there <laughs> that said that elected officials and their staff can turn off their cell phones at 5 p.m. After 5 p.m., they're no longer legally obligated to answer their public phone, right? Now, yeah. I know a lot of people like, oh, yeah, well, you know, they got families, they got lives, too. But well, when you sign up for that job, that's what you sign up for. Listen, my phone is always open. I may yeah. not always answer phone, but sometimes people will call over there while they have, because they know I'm a late, a late person most of the time. But now I'm back working, so, you know, I'll get back to you in the morning. But anyway, it's like, if you're in the public in the public eye and you're a public figure, no matter if you're a politician or you're a community activist, you, you sign up for that. You you now put yourself as a representative of the people and you need to be available all the time for your people. Because yeah. the city What he, he told the story that he that he always answered that people could call him at any time of the day and, and he answer his phone. I mean if he does, that's great. <laughs> but at the same time, why even vote for something like that if you don't do those things? Right, different. You have to listen to your constituents. Well, I, I, right? I was very happy to know that I was unblocked after I had, you know, and I'm going to take credit for this. I had did a lot of research and I posted this article about a lawsuit in the Supreme Court by somebody who sued Donald Trump for blocking him on Twitter. <laughs> and, oh, really? Yeah. So, and I, I'll send you the article when we get off air. Um, so, the guy. I got blocked by Donald Trump because he told Donald Trump that he was a racist and he was down with the KKK. So Donald Trump blocks him on his Twitter. So the guy says he goes up there to a federal court judge and made it all the way to Supreme Court. And he says wow. that no public official 
they said they said it's an infringement on our first amendment rights that a public official meaning that you're a sitting public official now so you're you're official figure of the government and you cannot shut your people off social media is a public network so being that it's a public network the government cannot shut it down Only and not, not only that you not only that they're on the air as elected as elected officials correct and donald trump is verified as the president of the united states on twitter so he was not allowed to block anybody unless you know you're breaking physical or or you're putting threatening things out there that can harm the president but other than that just calling him a white supremacist is not enough for you to block him so he won the case the supreme court who the same person he nominated had no choice but to abide by the constitution and the guy won the case (laughs) And Donald Trump had to unblock him. Wow. So I posted that there. And I don't know the reason to the day why the council of blocks is formed to enter someone who was like very, very loyal to him at one point. I was there bright and shy early in the morning, rolling with him everywhere. I was rolling with him everywhere. Wow. Yeah. You know what's funny though? That um, at one time, me and you both believed in him, thought that he was, you know, I, I, I used to think that he was like a, a good guy. And right. Somebody used to tell me they was like, nah, nah, you know, tell me certain things. I'd be like, no, nah, I said, I said, I said, you know, I originally I used to think that I just thought that he was maybe clueless to what's going on. Okay. But then when I started telling them things on social media and and he didn't like it, it was like, you know, because I, I spoke to him about the streets before and and basically, like, dude told me to, like, stay abreast. I'm like, stay abreast? You told me to stay abreast. I'm telling you things that, about your community. Well, well you know. Like, how, oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You're not done. No, nah, no, nah, but I'm just saying, like, you, you, you don't tell people to stay abreast. <laughs> when I'm telling you about the, about about the issue that I'm having. Right, like, where's your, where, you know, just listen. You know, you may not want to hear it, but just let it hear about right. it. He, he, he told me that when it comes to the to the community. Well, well, you know, here, you know, what's interesting here is, though, is that I'm going to come out and say it, though. I think we're really starting to pull away from me, because I, you know, I have made a comment one day in front of him, and it was during the time where this Mount Avenue stuff was all being figured out, and you know, he asked me to put some ideas down. So I had put one idea saying no shelters in the area of commercial use. That was one of my ideas. I was like, there should absolutely be no shelters. Recent studies show, and I had the facts to back up my argument that yeah. there, there's next to businesses in a booming area where, you know, where there's a community, where there's a booming commerce, growth, and GDP. That if you was to put mm-hmm. something like a homeless shelter, halfway home, a prison in the area, it could shut down business and it could deter tourism. Yeah, because wow. well, you you know that the one in Rockaway Park when they did it over um, the Plainland Grill, that they got that one shut down real quick, right? right because there was a thriving area of business. Yeah. So, you know, so so what kind of tourism is coming to uh, well, Mount yeah, Avenue? Yeah, that well, listen, yeah, this is what's interesting, though, Ed. So I was wondering why he got so offensive by it and everybody else in the office is like going off on me saying that I don't care about poor people. And, and say it didn't adult. See, that's, that's the thing I, I hate. Then guess what? We got two hotels right there in Mount Avenue now and they're homeless shelters. So I must yeah. have been on to something. 
Exactly. That's that's the thing that I hate when people try to act like when you say you don't want a shelter in your area, it don't mean that you don't want people to have to you know to have a a, a place to stay. That's not what that means. Shelters bring um, mentally disabled people around. It bring a lot of different types of um, people to the neighborhood. It overcrowds the schools. They do a lot of different things. And my my whole thing is, why are we putting three thousand a month into a family staying somewhere where uncomfortable when you could just help them before they fall on their face and give them some type of rent subsidies, you know, to help them stay in their apartment? But, but, a lot of these people work. You know, let let me ask the magic question. Why do you think that our councilman is getting what he wants from the mayor? Because he don't say nothing to the mayor about what the mayor do want to do. He he allows the member the mayor because in our district, our district and the twenty seventh district has the most homeless shelters in it. And guess who who those two people are? Donovan Richards and um, what's his name? The other the other pocket. He he. One is the left pocket, the other one is the right pocket. Um, <laughs> Danique, uh, Danique oh, Miller. Danique Miller. Well, yeah, because there's so much homeless shelters in South. It's ridiculous once you get to Springfield Gardens and uh, <laughs> Jamaica. I'm going to tell you something funny. Wait, who's Danique Miller? When Just... I was running, I, I, I'm going to tell you something funny. When I was running, right, um, I was going to, um, to the classes for the um, campaign finance, right? And I met a guy in there. It was a, a, a guy and a female, and me and my um, treasurer was there. And I'm, just, you know, I'm talking to them like, I, you know, I'm asking them where they running for. And he's like, no, nah, I'm not running. He said, but people want me to run. So he said, where are you running for? I said, you know, told him the third, district 31. He said, oh, Donovan Richards. I said, oh, well, you you heard of him? He said, yeah. So he started telling me that he was um, basically going there because he was supposed to be on Danique's um, campaign but he said but I am thinking about running against him and he gave me some website there was some website I wish I still had the paper I, I probably do have it somewhere around here but I checked the website out a little bit basically he was there like you know to help him but then he showed me some stuff like a bunch of negative stuff about him on the website I was like, wow. So he's, oh, he's another Donovan. <laughs> wow. Well, I, I, I'm just hoping that whatever is coming to uh, the Peninsula project over there and the Mott Avenue actually benefits the community. Because if you can't scale down the numbers. Derek, this guy got big dreams, man. This guy got big dreams. Give the community yeah. what they like restaurants and some sort of entertainment. Everything can't be. Um, a Dunkin' Donuts and um, a fucking power store. You know, we don't we don't need those things but out there. That's that's why the RDRC is useless. Correct. Like they, you know, that's they spoke about. For. That's what they're for. Yeah, that's what they're supposed to be bringing to the community, but they're not bringing. I don't see any businesses that they helping people open. Uh, just so I see function as sort of like a, a chamber of commerce in a way. That's yes, that's, that's exactly what they're supposed to. Be. Not one hundred percent supposed to be, but they're supposed to act as that as well. They're supposed to present the facts and the research to the developers in City Planet about what's needed in the community. 
I mean, I, I met the gentleman that runs the organization. I mean, he seems like a an honorable guy. I, I mean, I can't say. Uh, well, the person I spoke to was nice as well. Like, um, but you st- you could be nice, but if you ain't doing nothing for the community, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're right. Taking up space. I don't. I don't. You know, when it comes to business, we don't care about who's nice and who's not. Get the job done. Yeah, I, there, there's plenty of talented people in the Rockaways that can, um, you know, that can actually open businesses if they have some type of help. And that was the, the crazy thing to me. It's like I'm, I'm gonna help people that don't live in the district, but the constituents that live here don't get any help. You tell them, oh, they if they got good credit. Listen. Point them in the right direction. Really. The thing to do is is we need to pack that town hall meeting, and we need to ask the right questions. And I just want to sit out there and tell people to come out there. And don't be afraid to voice your opinion. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna be posting about it on my, on my page. Definitely. And bring your we, people, man. Tell them to tell another person, man. Knock on each other's door. And be like, yo, you're not doing nothing right now. You know, put some pants on. Let's go. About the Rockaways where we hurt ourselves is dead we, we don't move as one if you look at other communities and, and you know what Donovan told me this too he said this on Facebook basically he told me that people other basically other communities get what they want because they 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 they, they because they stick together and right. He don't care. He said he well, said he's he right. represent. <laughs> that's who he represent. He don't represent us. Hmm. I forget the exact wow, words wow. that he used, but I do got a screenshot of it. I do got a screenshot of it because I I posted it on somebody else's page. Yeah, you can email that to us when you find it. Yeah, definitely. It'd be interesting. Well, I'm just hoping that uh, deals weren't made to give away Rockaway and not benefit the people that are here you know I'm just I, I believe that's what's, what actually happened well you you can't tell me otherwise well I just I just smell gentrification coming through or fall out when that's all I you, you know what you know what you know what told me that what, what made me really believe that when I seen that the orthodox community was against the, the downtown and, and, and why you think that and he still went ahead but why we, you think we, they're upset because they've been living in this community as long as we have they're trying to yeah. keep the community the way they know it is and how it is but they still want uh-huh. better but when, when you see that they go against it and that he you know it's bad then you know that he that he stand the game more than whatever that they can give him so what, what are you, you talking about the Bayswater Civic huh you talking about the Bayswater Civic? Well, they're not the only. They're not, not only the just them, like uh, multiple people. Even um, some of the store owners down there. I had some people reach out to me. One guy was like furious with him, and was like, "I'm gonna get behind you." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And this was somebody from the Orthodox community, so it was like, you know, even they, even they, they didn't like it. Well, you know, I put a snippet out there one time that I felt like. It was time for the black community and the orthodox community to come together when it came to this because yeah. it seems like this is the first issue where both sides seem to be in agreement. You're right, but you know what? We we don't um we don't show up enough. Like we 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 got to show that unity, not just one right. night. And you know, and I tried I tried continuous. to do that with my press conference where we had yeah. the speeding issue, and you know, I did invite the orthodox community 
and you know yeah. I'm not mad at them for not showing up but at the same time it was like my own people didn't really show up for me either you know what I've been meaning to ask you too like I, I don't understand that that intersection like what right there um, by um, the YMCA why is it so dangerous? <laughs> the NASCAR freeway? Yeah, yeah, why, is why is it, it so also, dangerous? Why is there no turn you would think that, turn you would think that with all those bumps there, that it would be like the safest place. <laughs> they still run through it. Is, that is our... You know what? We lost a life over there this year, and it was very sad. Someone lost their mom over there. Yeah. We've been complaining, Derek, for over 12 years. We've been wow, complaining. That- yeah, I, I moved over here in everybody see in 2006 and I didn't even have any children then and I have you know a 6 year old and a 10 year old and they, they, they go across that street to get on the school bus and I mean, when we're in the pedestrian we're at the pedestrian right away if it's not regular cars you get the vans they don't yield right away uh, it comes and goes but I think that's a hot spot and you have a lot of elderly people that use the YMCA in the morning uh, because it's not that crowded. And yeah. walk across the street slower. But, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, man. That's a that's a very dangerous stretch. All right, and so yeah. is so is Seager Boulevard. You know, it's... Exactly. Now, what was that? Yeah, Seager is too. When what? people get to Seager, they say... I was killed down there. What you was Seager is like, it's just so, it's, it's three lanes. You got three lanes, people gonna move. It's wide. Yeah, people gonna move. You if you got three lanes, people gonna move. I, I am hoping, you know, when I saw these projects, you know, I was hoping that I would see like a bowling alley come out here. You know, maybe they'll get a Chipotle to come or, or maybe we get a dirt bike park for the kids so they can really ride their dirt bikes, like you said, that which is called dirt bike alley. You know, why can't we get a real one like they have in Williamsburg? Why can't we build that over here? Why do our kids have to make a makeshift dirt park in the middle of uh, uh, some walking dead weeds over there by Auburn? <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's the beauty. That's the beauty that I like about our people, though, is that growing up in far we find ways. We always found a way. It was just so funny how we used to like put the milk cartons up on there. We used to use anything for a basketball. But, but, but see, you know what? That we need to find. Us from living, but that doesn't mean that we want that we don't deserve better. It's just that hey, you know what? No matter how much you guys want to poop on us, we're always going to make it somehow. The problem is not putting up candidates that have your best interests first. Well, that's what I'm going back yeah. to telling people. You know, just because homeboy got the brown skin or the dark skin like us, don't be that he gonna you know be for us. Yeah. We've been let down more by our own people than we have by, by white people. And, and, yeah, and I'm going to go by and say that I don't think it's such a bad idea after all at first when I thought Corey, John Corey was talking some nonsense at first. But I'm starting to think it ain't such a bad idea now to combine both. Oh, yeah. You know what? I told him that. I said that before. I don't know if he, but he said to me when I said it, he said to me, I always thought that that we should have one one councilman. Yeah, I don't think we I don't think we should be attached to the mainland. The mainland's got their their needs and our needs, they are somewhat similar, but they're, yeah. they're very different. It's different, it's a different living. Yeah, it is. It is. 
well, even, even over there, I feel like he even neglected some of some of their needs over there as well. Like when he, it was one guy on that used to like um, he used to troll me a lot. He was he was a big Donovan fan. He was from the main league and <laughs> he used to try to troll me a lot. And he told me one day that the Rockaways look like um like uh, a third world country before Donovan got there. Yeah, okay. I said, Are you kidding me? I said it still look like a third world country. <laughs> <laughs> I, said, yeah. I asked him, I said, I said, since you defended him so much, what has he done for your area? And mm. he couldn't answer that question. Wow. Maybe he got a proclamation. That, you go sometimes to Rose, that's you what go you to Rosedale by the State Road. You still got flooded. You go over there to, to Brookville, Brookville I, I Boulevard. It's all you jump up there every time you're on the bus. Their, their transportation is poor over there. Oh, it's well. really bad. It's really bad. It takes almost an hour just to go down the whole stretch of guy off route. Listen, if I would have won as councilman, one of the first things I would have did for them was a ferry from JFK to the city. That would have been, I would have used the, you know, the the water right, the bay right over there by JFK. Straight to the city. Okay. I, I That's excellent. Transportation-wise, what would you have done to improve our schools? You said it's to, could you say that again? I said, what would you have done to improve the failing schools on in this district? Well, one thing I would have wanted to do, well, I, I know somebody that's actually got approved to do a charter, and she has some nice ideas. But one of the things I was thinking about was like, um, I, I, I don't want to pronounce it the wrong. Montes, uh, how you pronounce it? Sorry? Yeah. I was thinking about like, you know, having something, bringing one of those there, because a school like um, 106, we really don't need that school. It, it, they need to like do away with that and start all over. Is that that school is that bad? Yeah, it's bad like that. They shouldn't even be in that school because that building is not even. Yeah, it's they, not the even building, part, Certain parts of the building wasn't even. They wasn't even able to use it after the storm. Right, right. The trailer part of it because I went there yeah. for one year. I, I attended one hundred six for one year. Yeah, it, it, it. They just need to do away with that school period and um. Also, it's like I think that we need to have somebody that like um, um, Shango Blake basically like go to schools and and reorganize them because he had a good thing going, you know, before that scandal with with um with the kid saying that he hit him and all that and he ended right. up getting fired, but he 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 found a way of making kids want to learn. And strive to be, you know, better. Well, well, who's this? Who's this girl that I can't hear? Go, can't who, go Blake. Who's this woman that's going around? It's like she runs like one of the schools in uh, in Brian Piccolo's building. Um, she's very influential out here as far as like spreading her curriculum. Like she's, you know, one of those education. Uh, people. I didn't hear about her. Um, I didn't hear about her. Yeah, she's running like challenge prep or something like that. No, not Charles. Oh well, uh, that's, that's Reverend Mullins. That's, that's, that's Reverend that's, Mullins. No, there's another one. Here. There's another prep school inside of Brian Pickle. That's the one. Where, hold up, Charles Prep is where Donovan's wife worked, right? Correct. Where she? Uh, I don't believe she's well, working let, there anymore. <laughs> but. Let me leave. Let me leave his wife out of it. 
Oh no, she's no longer at. at I don't at think China. she's working there anymore. But uh, oh no, 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 no. Um, she got she lost her job. She lost her title. But I heard she's still there. I heard she still got power there, and she's still there. Well, I, 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 don't, I don't have the facts to that, so I can't speak on that. Well, I heard it directly from two people that's there. Okay. But the person I'm, I was waiting on the person to explain what they mean by that too. They told me, well, she got fired from a job, but she got a new job here. Because it was something with safety that got her fired. And, and rehired. And she got rehired. Well, basically, basically, they just gave her another job title. Well, well I, you know, I, I hate to spread the rumors, but, you know, I was also hearing that she was she was told to step down because of all the controversy behind people were starting about her being connected to a school where, you know, councilmen is... It's funded. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not going to speak on that. But, uh, yeah, there's been speculations out there. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, yeah, but I heard that she still, she, she still holds a position. I heard that from two people. Well, we can find that out. So I don't know if it, you know, but during the election time, she definitely was holding a position. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. there's no doubt about that. Yeah, during the election, yeah. she was she was definitely holding a position there still. I don't know about today because I haven't spoken to the person about it anymore. Like the person made some, it was a funny comment, like that made you want to find out more. Like, hold on, what what, what does that mean? Like, what, explain that. Mm. Well, you know, there was also a lot of people saying that how did she get into the school of Harvard? When Reverend Mullins is also a fellow alumni of Harvard, so there's you know, there's... You, got, you, you know, you gotta make uh, to get accepted to these schools as well. You're just not gonna walk in there and say, "I want to go to Howard." You gotta, you know, have a proven track record to be accepted well, to a institution of learning. Yeah, such but as, when there's such a lot of when, when we're talking about schools like Harvard and Yale. Usually yeah. people do not get in because of their credentials because there's too many people with the credentials that apply there. A lot of it has to do with connections, powerful alumni. A lot of it. If, if you have a family member that attended Harvard, more than likely your child is going to be getting into Harvard. Right. You know, it's just like, you know, how you think, you know, Obama's, the Obamas are able to just have so much influence at Harvard. You know, it's just, yeah. it, it's a certain class and there's a certain amount of people there that, that, that chooses these people, right? connections yeah it's not you know once in the blue but we did have one one uh one person from out here in rockway that did make it into harvard but like he's one of those rare cases where you go and you apply and you have all the credentials and you get in it's like that kid he played with the ravens that yeah. kid was smart i coached over there he, he was he's an amazing person you know i was able to work with him in the community for a while that kid very bright kid you know so I think so, Jeff. What do you think, man? Do you think it's gonna take gentrification to fix over there by you? Yeah, our view? See, now that's where that's where I'm gonna have to tell you. You know, just you know, be careful with that word because uh, you know I don't want to say gentrification is the answer to, to fixing a neighborhood when the only neighborhood look nice, is, but the but the income levels and the people who've been living here for years, their situation still isn't approving. He he said that gentrification is a must. 
<laughs> well, yeah, because he he has a lack of understanding about how the black community actually works and how there's actually a lot of successful black people in our community you just don't hear about. Yeah. And so who heard Donovan say gentrification is a must? He, he said it. He said it during the interview. Really yeah. interesting. I'm gonna have to go and do some digging on that one. But uh, um, I believe it was. The Queens, oh, I'm trying Queens to Chronicle. It could have been Queen. Wait, what's another newspaper? Queens Press. Queens, Queens Press. Um, it, I don't think. Well, I guess it's a, you, you could do a Google you search. Could Google, you could Google it. That's how I, I actually had the quote before. Well, that that'd be very alarming if we can definitely find that substantial proof of that. His own opinion. I mean, he can say what he wants, you know. Right, right. But uh, at the same time, though, that's not a joke when you have a community that's at stake, and it's in, you know, it's it's in shambles right now, and we're a lot of people here are not going to be in good situations in the soon. Well, he thinks that is great for them. <laughs> Jeff, but when we met with the um, his chief of staff. Uh, a couple of months ago, he did say that the councilman was going to be coming to set up a meeting with the residents of Auburn View. So uh, when he does come there, you could address the concerns of the residents at Auburn View. How, how is his how is his new um, his new uh, what you call it? Uh, chief of staff. He lives how, in Auburn. No, I'm saying how is the new guy? Because I, I know Mercedes left. Jeff, you want to elaborate on that? Um, to, well, I know it's Manuel Silva's the yeah. chief of staff. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know what was the move about that. What exactly was the question? No, I was asking you like, how is he? Like, what's his? What's his personality like? Like, is he a person? Um, is he like his boss or is he like Mercedes? Oh, well, I mean, those are two different people. But, uh, you know, Mercedes was great, in my opinion. I don't Absolutely. I could send her an email and get an answer back. I, I had no problem with her. And, I and like, I, you uh, know, I, I worked up under her as well, so I have nothing but good things to say. answer questions. Uh, as far as Manuel, I, I, I tell you right now, I couldn't give you a rating on his job so far because, I mean, he just didn't have enough time. But at the same time... I don't see much difference either in the office. I think more people knew knew Mercedes. More people knew her. Correct. Really? You would say that? Yeah, I think more people knew her. I think she was she was out and about more like she was she was more available. I don't I don't know him. I you know, I ain't try to reach out or none of that or anything, but that's why I'm asking you. Like I, I've never met him or anything. Like I've never been around him. Um, so I don't, I don't know anything about him. It's too early to tell. Other than, other than his name. You know, it's, it's really too early to but tell. I, know I mean, she would ask questions. She would answer questions. Like you, you go up to her and ask her stuff. Like she answer questions. She, 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 she answered. You know, honestly, she, she told me some stuff. Basically. She she didn't tell me intentionally to tell me that he was lying, but 
I asked her something that I asked him. Well, to tell you, she gave me a totally different answer, but her answer sounded like she was telling the truth. But I pulled I pulled up some quotes right now. I don't mean to divert the conversation. I pulled up some quotes here and uh and, and this website called commercialobserver.com, which was uh interviewing Councilman Richards, and they asked this question saying, What are your thoughts about the potential for gentrification of Far Rockaway? Just reading the that's first, it, that's yeah, interview right there. Just reading the first sentence, it's already like raising eyebrows. It's like he says, I think gentrification is the wrong word to use. He says, that's it. That's the interview he, right he, there. He says, I like the word growth. <laughs> yeah. This is why we fight Far Rockaway for affordability for everybody with a diverse core of housing for the entire neighborhood. Now, stop right there for a second. Yeah. I read an oxymoron. <laughs> this is why we fight in Far Rockaway for affordability for everybody. So instead of using the word gentrification without even, he, he's saying he's using the wrong words. He's saying that was the yeah. wrong word, but you use the word growth. Well, what is growth to you exactly? So I'm going to continue reading. I'm going to leave you with that question. Continue to read this, the, the final mm-hmm. statement. With $91 million invested coming in, everything's going to go up. All right. Already interesting. There are fra- there are factions in the Rockaway that say we don't want more housing, but that's not just sorry, but that's not that's just not reasonable in New York City at the moment. As the mayor says, and I agree with him on this, gentrification is going to happen whether you want it or not. Mm-hmm. There are people being pushed out even without ninety one million dollar investment. There were people being pushed out after Sandy. Their rents were rising. So how do you how do we have harness? that and make sure we capture new growth but also making sure people who've been there for a long time still have access to the amenities access to a better neighborhood a safer community and better transportation options part of that comes with investment if if i don't know what but i'm so confused (laughs) what is your stance on that let me tell you he's a he, he speaks like a politician you <laughs> he dance, you know, like I mean, but that's not a good dance because you're saying don't use gentrification, use growth, but then at the same time you're saying people are being pushed out. Well, what what is people being people being pushed out is what? Me and you, we we understand that that it's a uh, basically a, a, a ball lance. We understand, but there's people that support him that'll be like, oh, I agree with. Him. Even though, basically, like there's people in Edgemont that live in Ocean Bay that love him, and it's like y'all don't even realize that he he said some years ago, "I'm done with New York City housing. We moving on to affordable housing." Mm-hmm. Well, like, well, you know, and he also said he agreed. The mayor is the one who quoted saying gentrification is going to happen. That's even more alarming than him himself saying that because. Being that the mayor is now acknowledging that this is going to happen, this is a reality now that we all have to. And you, you back it? Yeah, and he says I agree with it. So now it's like, all right. So you told the reporter not to use the word. You told him to use another word, and now you're saying you're. But did you say that it's going to happen? But then you divert again and say that oh, we need to do things better to avoid it. But I'm just like that's totally not answering the question. The question was, what are your thoughts about the potential for gentrification? You pretty much answered the question already. But you shot yourself in the foot by continuing on to say all these other things. Wow, smoke and mirrors. 
And it's just like, you know, there's, he said there's a need for growth. If there's a need for growth, then you shouldn't be agreeing with gentrification in the first place. Like, you shouldn't agree with those statements. Yeah, that's not... Because that's there not is fun. no growth in the community for the people who have been there already. Gentrification is growth in the community for the people who are moving in. Yeah. <laughs> that's a loaded... Say, people. I mean, we're almost going on an hour and a half here, and it's just... This is what happens when you take the time out and we speak to one another and we do our research and you really start to think now that guys, you're gonna have to go out there and do something. Like I'm you, you more sitting down. You have to do yeah. something about this. Here's what you people, do. people don't even realize that that all these that all these um these buildings that's being put up. Like this is developed. this is right in our face. And we think they're hiding these things. They're how, not. How, how does how does one one developer keep getting these contracts? I was told by someone who worked for the developer that the same that it's the same that they're building they're the same developer that's building the, the building the uh, senior building okay it's gonna be the same one that's building Peninsula it's a, pay to, it's, it's a pay to play type of game and they and they, they they build it out there in Brooklyn by um you know where they gentrified um uh you know Gateway. You know the get Gateway oh, East area. New York. East New York. Yeah. yeah. Well I, I tell you what 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 we gotta do is get Diana Richardson on this topic, man, because I know she have a field day with this. And, and you, know. you know, it's just so concerning now that I know I don't have the, the proper leadership that, that has my best interest. I mean, some of us are going to be okay. Like, you know, but, you know, this is the younger generation of me speaking now that, you know, this is something for us to be concerned with because, you know, Derek and you guys, you know, you guys did the right thing. So you guys are going to be okay. But now we got to think about how the young, how this is going to affect the younger generation because we're all young men, young men and women that are now entering the workforce. We're coming out of school with degrees and now potentially our neighborhood is being taken under wraps. And get, I, active, get active and start voting and yeah. send and send these people into retirement and you know I, I'm just like I'm just astounded I don't know what else to say here on this podcast because now I'm just ready to go to the drawing board and start planning out things I don't know about you guys but it's just like now it's like how do I galvanize my people to wake up and realize that we've been fooled we, we've been well, I, think, I think that some of, I think some of the youth are, are more woke than we were when we was that age I think that you know they're into the, the you know I, I was registered to vote at a young age but I don't think I I started voting like probably somewhere in my 20s I started voting but I didn't vote right away when I when I registered you know I just happened to be on Jamaica Avenue and I was in Burger King, and this lady was like, "You registered to vote?" I told her, "No." She was like, "Hey, come in. Let me register you." And she was like, "Your party is Democratic." That's another thing I don't like. Oh, uh, here we go. See, here we go. I remember talking about this too a couple yeah. of years. Here we go. Don't you know? Like we sit there, we we tell our people what party to join and stuff like that. I don't believe it. Um, me personally, I used to be believe in the Democratic Party now I have less faith in them than, I, than I've ever had like 
I mean, it's I'm almost starting to view, view them the same way I view the Republicans. And I'm not saying that like as a whole, because Democrats is the lesser evil. But it's always like you you know most of them you can you could you could point out some type of shady thing that they're doing and how they're neglecting the, the you know the people that they were supposed that they was elected to represent. Especially right. our communities. They definitely neglect our communities. So it's like it's almost like you know, why do we even vote for them? Well, because we're so, programmed. Yeah, we definitely program, and we should have. We should have um, basically helped the independent. Um, I I think candidate. it's time for everybody to jump ship and go third party. Yeah, make our own party. A new party is going to come very soon. You could the writing is already on the wall because well, they're, they're gated. They're gated, Steve, because they said. I'm not saying I'm not advocating libertarianism, but libertarian party has been gated a lot of steam since the past election, presidential election. They've never seen a 12 percent margin. They've always been below five. Okay. So we're only looking for the next 20 years of a new party forming and being just as powerful as the original two. Okay. And the way I think the way even if they let's say even if these candidates we can we can get somebody that since black people want to vote for Democrats, we have to make sure that we get like those independent thinking Democrats right. in through the through the primaries. Get them in. That's the the, the, the best way to get a a, a a good candidate is through the primaries. Because if you wait until the, the the general election, most likely whoever was representing the major one of the two major parties, they're in. Mm-hmm. So you, if you want to get your guy in, you got to get them in under one of those parties prior to you know the general election. Right. Sad but true. Sad but true. I I, I remember when. Um, on election day when you know when I was running they was telling certain people I mean like you had black people calling the cops like I was you know calling the cops on me cause I was outside of some polls you know I went to some of the polls and spoke to people and I would you know give them the card tell them how to vote for me cause you know the, the politics kept me off the ballot so um, you know I still ran as a writer and they was telling people, no, you can't write this person. And they tore up one of, actually multiple people told me that they tore up their, uh, their, their, their vote. And then tried to get them to vote over. One of them told, they told one person, this female, that that's why the vote wasn't going through. Like when they was inserting it into the machine, that it wasn't going through because she did a writing. Wow. But I told her, I said, that's not true. So you know, like she calling me while she did, and she told she she told me that they told her she can't vote for me, that she's supposed to vote Democrat. How are you? Nobody had a poll. I was I started to like really go the 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 guy that was from the Orthodox community that was supporting me. He wanted to write an article for the Wave and everything. Like 
he was going to talk about that and he wanted to also push to get those people fired because he felt like you know you work at a poll you ain't supposed to be telling nobody how to vote not at all you can't tell nobody that what party they supposed to vote for it was that type of stuff going on they, they do it yeah well, gentlemen, we're going to have to finish this one up at another time, but I'd like to thank Derek Hamilton for coming and sharing his knowledge with us. And uh, hopefully on October 24th at the Town Hall of Mayor de Blasio, we can have a place packed. Absolutely. Hopefully. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm definitely going to be posting about it on my page. Definitely. Until we that got... time, um, definitely. Hopefully we get a, enough people out there and make them uncomfortable. Yeah, feel feel free to also share the podcast. Let others know because uh, we want to hear from other people too who we're not used to hearing. From. De- definitely, this was uh, definitely fun. I I, I enjoyed it, you know, because we're, we're dead. talking about this type of stuff anyway. You know, that we're definitely gonna invite you back again if you're willing to come and talk to us. Definitely, definitely, absolutely. We're out of here. We're out of here. Right. Peace from the east. Jay is in the bill. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you doing on this gorgeous what? evening? Man, oh man. I, I man, I don't even know where to start, bro. I don't even know where to start. So Tell you know me. what? I I think that the the town hall in Rockaway on the eastern end, in my opinion, was a joke. Ah, so we're 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 discussing the post town hall this evening. I see. Oh, okay. I, I well, yeah. I got a lot to say as well, but you know, continue on. Well, uh, first of all, I I feel it was staged. Um, yeah. uh, the way the room was set up, uh, the way a lot of people's hands were skipped over when they're like waving the hands right in front of the councilman and he's just like almost like they were invisible like they weren't even there and it seemed like the people who had some real pressing issues not to knock the ones who did uh who were pre-selected um <laughs> didn't have valid issues but uh you could just tell it it was not the type of town hall like I'd been to previously and Bell Harbor, uh, when Senator, uh, I'm sorry, Councilman Ulrich, uh, had his uh, last year. Uh, so I, I noticed that it seemed like most of the NYCHA issues were front and foremost, and not to knock our brothers and sisters in there because they have a lot of issues in there that I feel the city is not addressing. However, um, there are other residents that live in one family, two family homes, condos, co-ops, uh, large buildings like Arvin View where you live. And um, their issues are, are just as concerning as, as anyone else. So uh, how, did you, how did you see it, Jeff? Uh, I'll start here. Where should I start? Well, I'm going to start by agreeing with you for the setup of the room. Um, I walked in, 
bright smiles, lots of welcoming. You know, I felt welcome. You know, I like a lot of the people there. Shook a lot of hands, gave a lot of hugs to people. Uh, but yeah, I'm looking around the room. You know, things were a little awkwardly shaped. You know, I, I remember in Bell Harbor's town hall, it was a, a circle, kind of like it seemed like everyone was included in the room. And you know, now we had like one section catty cornered in on the corner somewhere. We had two sections that were side by side, and then. You had one section where all the all the top city dignitaries, I like to say, were sitting. And then you had a whole mm-hmm. section of people sitting behind them on the caddy corner side. And, you know, it's kind of hard to tell who's in the audience. Now, to uh, point out what you've said about the pre-selection, I'm just going to go off the whim. And I'm going to have to be very careful with my words tonight because, you know, a, a fine gentleman told me that, hey, remember, everything that you say, you must own it. And, um, you know, it's just the first person who got selected in the town hall. I just felt so coincidental that that would be the first guy that you would pick at the town hall. Not to knock the brother at all. This man's put in many years of work and found himself to be successful. But um, I already that was already a red flag to me on how. They started off the town hall with like all this, you know, they might as well throw some Oscar awards there or something, you know, just, just turn it into the ESPYs <laughs> or something. You know, it's, it's like a town hall is for the people. And That's it true. was supposed to be about us. It wasn't supposed to be about organizations. It wasn't supposed to be about who you like, who you supported, who, what, you know, what projects could update us. But no, nah, man, sure. this is about us tonight, man. You sit down. You pick everyone equally, you know, and I'm not saying that going around the room is a bad thing. I think you should pick one person in each section to go around, but just be fair about your selections. Not one person should have two questions. One organization shouldn't have two questions. Correct. Correct. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, that was just to agree with you. Now my own personal, uh, aspect of it, I, I would say, um, it was, it was unorganized. Um, it okay. seems like organizations who've gotten a certain amount of money from someone seem to be the ones who were running the show. And for three, I think a lot of people know I've been open about this mayor. I, I would say that I'm a, I'm a supporter of his and, and a proud to say that I voted for him twice. Same here. Um, but he did not really answer the questions, but I'm not going to throw all the blame on him per se. I'm going to also say that it seems like the councilman was kind of like, and I mean, he is the the moderator. He is the one who sets it up. So don't get me wrong. He should be the man in the room. But it seems like he wasn't really giving the mayor a chance to really answer questions. And then also the mayor himself on his end is just throwing things over to the city officials. Yeah, all, all the commissioners uh, that were in the room. I, I, I can say I, I, I agree with you on, on, on that. And it was... It, I don't think it was a fair selection process. Um, and I was just watching which groups were answering the questions. Um, another uh, thing that was troublesome, and the uh, president of our civic was there, and we, we kind of discussed it. And the heart of Rockaway is the civic in the area where the town hall was being held. And notice we weren't mentioned, we weren't on the flyer, but all of these other outside organizations that are from far Rockaway were mentioned. And I think that's 
disrespectful. And um, I noticed a lot of the elected officials from the Eastern end were not present. Did you not notice that, Jeff? I noticed, yes, yeah. You know, so that tells you that something is going on. <laughs> I mean, you know, something. I mean, something's also strange about this is because I don't know if you noticed the division in the room. It was very quiet in there as far as division wise. You wouldn't see it unless you were paying attention. You have one side of the room that seemed to be like, okay, you know, we're not so pro you guys. We're, we're more like, hey, help us, help us. And then you have Correct. one side of the room that was all pro everything. Well, I love you. I love mm-hmm. you. Oh, exactly. yeah. Dude, it's just like, well, you know, if you guys didn't really have an issue with this guy, why are you here? <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? Of course, I'm pony show. You know, but um, I, I just, you know, it didn't bother me that my invisible hand was not picked. Um, but there were some people that really had some pressing issues that uh, were passionate about their problems. But uh, when you just point to the commissioners and the commissioners are really not answering the questions directly and, and, and satisfying the people to let them know that they're going to address their concerns. It was basically like, oh, just see me afterwards. And, you know, how does that even get to the root of the problem? Now, my son was picked, and he wanted to thank the mayor for giving us a school crossing guard at Beach 73rd, which Lord knows we need one. Uh, and when we tried to get one through our council member, it fell on deaf ears. Hmm. Also, when we tried to get the ferry shuttle stops uh, in the Arvern area, it fell on deaf ears, uh, and the mayor came through, which we are very grateful. Now, I supported our councilman uh, when he ran in the special election, and I, I made sure I told the majority of the homeowners in RMIC that I support him and they should vote for him. However, I feel if you're not going to uh, be impartial and, and have tough skin and be able to deal with your constituents, whether they disagree with you on one topic and maybe agree with you on another, I think that's a problem in politics because you have to know how to just accept everyone, whether they are on the same page with you or not on one topic or the other. I don't see that anymore. And that's why people probably lose hope and faith and don't vote anymore. Correct. You know, um, I'm not sure which route the mayor may have taken coming out here driving, but if he goes to the people, had he come to our civic, I'll show him the real Rockaway. Mm. You know, I won't show him a predetermined route where the streets were paved or maybe this area looks like. Uh, it looks better than the other area. We have some trouble areas out here. Well, and well, I noticed not to that, cut you, that. Not to cut you off there. Um, I just wanted to get this point out before I forget <laughs> that you. It's interesting you said bringing him down into a certain part of like you know where he could just go on a paved street, and see all the nice things. There was one thing that 
that kind of like you know upset at me and you know I, you know I got home went and spoke to my mother who got like 30 years community organizing experience and, and I told her I said hey don't take this the wrong way because I know you grew up down there um, you know part of when you moved to Rockaway I know you went down there you know you lived on the on the mainland you lived here but it was is it just me or like no one really was talking about Arvern and other areas on the east it seemed like everything was far Rockaway and, mm-hmm. and it was just like it was like I felt like my neighborhood was being pooped on because you came in my neighborhood, a proud Auburn resident. I don't care if you live in Auburn by the sea, by the bay, a view, uh, a ocean side, a bay side, whatever. You know, you came in, you came in our territory, and it didn't sound like much was being done here in Auburn. But I heard Far Rock, we heard the Beach Thirties, which is cool. Don't yeah. get me wrong, it's mm-hmm. great. It's great that they're getting a beach open over there. It's been a long, long time coming. And, you know, I, I feel like, you know, Far Rockley, of course, you know, we'll see how all of this transpires. Hopefully all this good stuff they're talking actually comes to fruition. Um, I'm just not sold on everything being all lovey-dovey, as they say. But um, what about the rest of the East? I didn't hear anything about Bayswater. I didn't hear anything about Arvern. I didn't hear anything about Somerville. If people are not educated enough on Somerville, that's basically the base side of Arvern, which used to be its own neighborhood. <laughs> Um, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't hear anything about too much about Wavecrest. What are they going to do with the bungalows over there? Uh, you know, Edgemere. I didn't hear much about the flood protection of Edgemere. Hmm. Yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there. That's all. Well, what, what really, uh, some valid points you you just brought up. Uh, everything was, to me, the way it seemed to be going was a, it was a. It was pre-selected, um, and I, I I think that was not uh, fair to bypass so many people uh, in the community. Um, I also thought it was disrespectful uh, to Lou Simon, who's a district leader, um, who was standing up and actually looking at him. You know, I, I just felt he was slighted. He's somebody who's been in the game for many years. He lived you know? on both sides. So it's not yeah. like he never lived on this side of town. I mean, I understand he's a district leader of, of the West, but he's he born and he was raised and spent most of his childhood and teenage years on this side of town. So he's just as passionate right. as anyone else that, that lives here currently. Right. Right. And I, I just, you know, that man, you know, even if you have a disagreement with him, you know, he's old enough to be your father. You know, yeah, um, the way you just, you know, shout him out like that. I mean, you're still part of the same party just because he's a district exactly. leader somewhere else. He's the same party as you. And, you know, you got to start exactly. thinking about where you want to go after this. And now, yeah, exactly. you know, you're going to have to turn to your own people and your own party to help you, you know. Very true. situation. Oh, Jeff, Jeff, I think we got some company. Oh, wow. I was expecting. That- I wasn't expecting this tonight. Is Lou Simon in the building? I think Lou Simon is trying to come in. Wow, Lou's here. Uh, I think he may be having some mic issues. Uh, um, but you know what? Um, I guess once he's figured that out, he'll jump in. Right. Right. You know, but I I just think respect is due to 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 any human being, 
you know, whether um, you agree or not, you know, I mean, I'll tell you this, to point this out, when Eric Ulrich did his and um, Town Hall, it, they, we all know, don't see eye to eye on anything. But what was what was interesting was that de Blasio and Eric, you were, if you didn't know anything about the two, uh-huh. you could sit up there and say, yo, these guys look like eight best friends. And this guy's Republican. This guy's a Democrat. Yeah. So how in the world, okay. how in the world did Is that you know? Hold on. I think we lost him. Jeff? I think we lost him. Okay. Yeah. I'll try to reach him again. Uh, so, you, know, you, you know, if you didn't know anything about the two people, you just getting into politics, you would have thought they were the best of friends at that town hall. A lot of smiles, a lot of giggling, a lot of jokes. Correct. And Correct. the most part, the, not even de Blasio's political realm. Let's just be honest. You know, half of that part of town didn't vote for him. And wow. he came in there and I have to say he did a, an excellent job. You know, both of them did an excellent job of doing those things. And those people there got their questions answered. Things were resolved. Um, even we got what we needed in Arvern. And, hey, he didn't have to do that. He had nothing to do yeah. with him. And, 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 and you know what? I, I, know I saw a lot of people leaving. I saw a lot of community board members leaving. I saw a lot of people that work for other elected officials leaving. And uh, sending me messages that told me they were they were disappointed. They felt like it was a waste of their time. Well, nothing um, was being answered. I'm sorry. That's just how I feel. I mean, if others felt like their questions were being answered, then you know what? To 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 God be the glory. They would say in church. Yeah, but it it was um, it seemed very well rehe- rehearsed. Uh, I think we may have someone in there. Is that you, Lou? It's me. Can you hear me? Oh, my God. <laughs> I got to go. Sorry. I'm not. Lou Simon. Good evening. I'm sorry. I want to apologize. I didn't know how to do this. I had to put the microphone on. I apologize to everybody. Well, we have Lou Simon, a district leader uh, from our community out here in the Rockaways. And uh, we were just talking about you, Lou. And um, I was just telling Jeff that I felt you were disrespected as a district leader, as someone who's been fighting for the Rockaways, all of the Rockaways for decades. Yes. Just to add to what you're saying, first of all, thank you for inviting me on. I, I, I was flawed tonight. I didn't know what to say. Donovan really, really was very disrespectful to me. I never in a million years would have thought he would have done that. But I think I know the reason why, and I'll share it. Uh, I spoke to him, and I said, what are you raising money for a couple of weeks ago? He said, I'm running for borough president. I said, gee, I didn't know. What do you mean? I said, I already made a commitment to a candidate. I told him I made my commitment to Elizabeth Crowley during the summer. Mm. And I told him why I made the commitment to her. And how I respected her. So tonight, he showed himself. And he totally ignored me. And when I said, what am I, chopped liver? When I screamed out, he said to me, oh, you could talk after the meeting. So, wow. Yes. Wait, wait. He said that in front of people in the town hall? Because I was on the other side of the room. So. Yes, yes. Because I was sitting not near, right next to Dr. Coral Hunt. Correct. Hunt, and she looked and said, whoa to me. Because I was just 
sitting there waiting for my turn, raising my hand, being a gentleman. And mm-hmm. Shadu looked at me too from Jane Sanders, and I said, Excuse me, I'm a district leader too, after Valerie spoke. And I said, What am I chopped liver? Oh, he says, You can get to it after the meeting. Wow. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I apologize for that. I was just saying before you came on the air, um, you know, regardless of where you're at as a district leader, um, I think it's important that people need to realize that um you're part of the same party for one. For for two, you lived on both sides of the peninsula for a very long time and you, you know people all over. And and for three, last point is, you know, you're gonna he's gonna he's gonna need you. You know, if you're thinking about running for another another office seat, it, you can't remember where you can't can't not remember where you come from. You're gonna have to take care of everything. Exactly, exactly. And I and what I do want to yeah. say, one thing I'm very proud of, I started at nine years old to help keep the Auburn Library open. I grew up in Auburn when it was called the Projects, and I've never lost my roots. I go and I shop. On Reed's 20th Street, I shop on Monte Avenue. I utilize the whole peninsula. My, I, I consider mm-hmm. people who live in Rockaway from one end to another my family. I don't consider them constituents. And the one good thing I could say, the same people I grew up with still talk to me, and we love and respect each other. And mm-hmm. you know what? Tonight... As I was sitting in the chair as people were coming in, people I haven't seen in a, in a couple of years came, oh, Lou, how are you doing? They were looking at my face. I explained to them. I wound up with a little Bell's palsy. And, mm-hmm. you know, I was sitting there. I tried to be real nice. I tried to be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. And I had to stand up because I was dealing with a little discomfort in my neck and back. But this has caused me to have a pinched nerve. And okay. I was very shocked that a man who I thought was an intelligent man, who I thought cared about Rockaway, completely turned around and told me no. Now, Unbelievable. I noticed he called a lot of people there that did not live in the district. He called upon one man who had a problem regarding signs, which I'm well aware of. Yeah, He called upon so many people from one union and he actually at one point lost control when they were telling the mayor about getting money raises Mm -hmm. Uh and I'm 100% with the people but you know what? Spread the wealth. Let others talk in the room. He allowed some people to get up and talk and it was more one-sided. And everyone wow. knew him on, he knew. Wasn't that what we were just saying? Yep, pre-planned. Exactly. It was pre-planned. Okay. Uh, well, I thank I, I, I thank you, District Leader, for, for conferring furthermore as a witness <laughs> to what we were saying in the beginning before you joined. But continue. Go ahead, yeah. please continue. Yeah, because to me, I'm going to be very upfront. I run meetings, oh God, for over 40 years. And I've also facilitated things. You got to hear from okay. everyone, whether you agree or disagree. And the thing is all about the word respect. And tonight, mm-hmm. what I noticed, 
he called upon people he knew. He called upon people that he knew the issues about. He had everything written on cards, ready to call them. It was a step. step. Okay? Correct. I was very pleased that he called on Tyler. Tyler is going to be the future of Rockaway. And I'm going to tell you, I was disappointed with the mayor that he didn't remember Tyler from the questions Mm. that he asked him. And also the fact that we got Tyler City Hall and got him an award, which took God knows how long. Nick had dropped the ball. (laughs) And to me, the mayor should have said, young man, come up here. Take a picture with me. You're the future. So Mm. I was disappointed. And when I got out of the meeting tonight, I texted the mayor on his cell. And Mm -hmm. I said, number one, I'm sorry if I made a spectacle. I said, two, I said, I'm very surprised you didn't remember the young man. And I said, three, I didn't need to talk to you. I needed to talk to a few commissioners. And I'll tell you why I went there with two two goals. Okay. One goal was to tell him about the beach. Okay. The fact uh-huh. that we have no sand on the beach. The other part is that the bay has no protection. Okay. Absolutely so none. That was a two part thing. That hey, Mister Mayor, I asked you before, put the twenty million up for sand replenishment. Then you'll get reimbursed by the Army Corps. Don't con us uh, with parks and say we don't need it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then the other thing I was there in my other part of the community I represent in Ozone Park at 85-15 101 mm-hmm. Avenue, the old Christ Lutheran Church. They're putting, trying to put in a homeless shelter for 113 mentally ill men. Wow. Yes. Now, I'm not against helping people. I'm against the shelter system. People need permanent housing. And Mm. we don't need 113 mentally ill gentlemen that if they don't take their meds can be violent. They can be pedophiles because they don't check their background. This is near six schools, mm. nine daycare centers, three mosques, and six churches. Wow. Okay? And I'm concerned for the parents and the kids. And I, I will say, I went over to talk to Commissioner Banks. We uh-huh. had a great conversation. And I spoke to Mitch Silva, who agreed with me they made a mistake about the sand. Well, it's funny you should, when you mention the shelters, you notice there was no opposition to the shelters that are coming to Mott Avenue in the Far Rockway area. That's correct. And you notice, did you notice tonight that uh, Donovan spoke up for the shelters? And he, he he's on my Facebook, and he probably read that I said I was going tonight to discuss this. And if you remember, I was at a meeting which uh, Felicia... Johnson was at, and a bunch of us, Community Board 14, discussing the shelters in Far Rockaway with the young lady who's in charge. And Devaney, who works for the councilman, said that Councilman Donovan 
uh, Richards got $53 million for downtown Far Rockaway. In I turn, remember that. In turn for right, uh, right. accepting Shelton. And I <laughs> said to her, wow, your boss is going to sell us out? He's going to sell us <laughs> out and take Shelton for millions? I said, you want to know yep. something? I wouldn't take 50 cents and sell out my district or my community. And I, I wonder think, where that $53 million went. Thank you. And I think that you have that in recording because it was recorded that meeting. I, I don't remember Ozzy or somebody was there. Ozzy recorded it. That's right. And you got her statement. And I called, I called uh, Donovan out on this. And what I noticed is, such as when we were fighting the homeless shelter on 44th, at that mm-hmm. time, he told me take my fat white ass back to Mel Harbor. That I'd have wow. A- yes. And I told him, number one, I don't live in Mel Harbor. Number two, this is my community, and we don't need a shelter. And that's the La Quinta. Okay? Those are some, those are some strong words for an elected official to say to. Yep. A district leader. And Adrian Felton, who at that time worked for Shirley Huntley, now works for Tish James, had to get in between the two of us. And I couldn't believe the way he spoke to me. First of all, take my fat white ass. What is going on to do with it? And and Bell Harbor? I don't live in Bell Harbor. I live in Rockaway Park. And you know what? I don't see color. I see communities. And we are all one. East, west, north, south. We are one community. And I don't like division. I'm not for division. But I'm sorry. You know what? It, the, the more I see... Still with us, Lou? Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, the more I see the nonsense out here, sometimes I just wonder, what would it be like if it was one council district? Well, let me, let me be honest with you, okay? Many people said through the years, you could never get a minority elected with one district. And I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, a number of years back, I ran for the state assembly. And Sarah Berger ran a- against Bertha Thomas, the state committee. Bertha Thomas was a black lady. She won the state committee seat. And she ran the whole assembly district. And it was Rockaway, Roortown, and Breezy. And, and at the time... I will tell you, they said it could never happen. Now, I will tell you, and I will give you my commitment. If God is good, and we ever get a chance to put Rockaway, Broad Channel, and Breezy together, I am not frightened to go into New York City housing, nor am I frightened to go into Far Rockaway or any other area. I feel that whoever the council person would be must concentrate on the whole picture, not part. When I was running in the 32nd Council District, I walked the streets of South Ozone Park, which was part, and Richmond Hill. And when I knocked the doors, they said they never met an elected official before. Who are you running against? They didn't know Eric. I won that whole area because my commitment was, and still is, that if you're going to represent you're going to represent. That means you've got to go to each and every part of the community, part of the district, and help people. 
Why do we have to have a meeting tonight to ring hundreds of people with their complaints if they're doing their job? <laughs> That's a damn good question. Why do you have to go and make a hundred calls to get a correct answer? Why did they? Uh, everybody have to sit there all night, three, four hours, to go back and forth with nonsense, total nonsense? What do you think about that, Jeff? Jeff, you still there? Yeah, I guess we lost Jeff for a minute. Well, Lou, I, I just, I, I really feel like I, I wasted a lot of time going over there, but, you know, my... My son wanted to say something to the mayor, so and he um, was great. I, I, he was wonderful. Yeah. So I, I guess it was, you know, it was well worth it, you know, by letting him get something off his chest. But I, I really felt like it was a disservice to the community and uh, a waste of the, a lot of people's precious time, you know. And um, I honestly think he you deserve an apology, you know, from the councilman. That was very disrespectful. And I'm sure almost everyone in the room was a witness to it. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And you know what? I will tell you, okay, and, and from my heart, I was very surprised. I really was. Because you know why? I will tell you, I'm going to have a meeting next week in my Democratic club. And I okay. never shut anyone down. I allow everyone to speak. Okay, Jeffrey has right. been at my meetings. He can tell you. Everyone is welcome. I don't uh, call upon you because I know you. If you're you're back, Jeff? Yeah, can anybody hear me? I've lost internet connection in, yes, in my, in my okay. studio. I apologize yes, for that. That's okay. The one thing I will say, Edwin, is people who come to my meeting, I don't care what they look like, where they live, or what they're about. They will get a question and an answer. I never shut anyone down. I welcome everyone. And tonight, it was a disgrace. It was all rehearsed. It was a dog and pony show. And I'm yeah. embarrassed for Rockaway. Yeah, that, 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 I, I, I was, you want to chime in, Jeff? Um, hey, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, district leader here couldn't have said it any better. Um, I, I, just, I just I'm lost for words because this community sits back here and they pretend that everything's okay, everything's lolly dolly, and they don't even know that they're intelligently being played. Exactly. Well, here's something that he kept saying, and I was wondering why when they were talking about the ferry coming to Far Rockaway, and he kept saying, "Yeah, it'll be good for tourism." Uh huh. Where the tour is going to go. Thank you. Thank you. And I want to... What tourism? Thank you. Why was he so... Not so interested in going to get another ferry stop? Well, well, wait a second here. Wait a second here. Before we jump the gun, I just want y'all to point that out again. Mm -hmm. That he said that he wants tourism, right? Yeah, of course. (laughs) Of course, the first question to all of us is going to say that, all right, what tourism? Maybe that is just him slipping up and saying for code that there may be more to come. Okay, let me tell you something, Jeffrey. All we seem to get is additional housing being built. We are not getting 
uh, any kind of employment opportunities, any businesses, there is no commerce coming into this community. All right? Mm-hmm. We need real stores where people could shop. He spoke tonight about Beach 53rd, Beach 54th, Beach Channel Drive. There used to be a bodega there and some other crap. They took it down. The, the mm-hmm. lot that is where Papa John's is used to hold, when I grew up, a Walmart's. Then it became other stores. I don't know how you could have such a long stretch that there's no real grocery store, no bank, no bank to go to. There's nothing. It's like, I, 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 how do I want to say this without insulting? Let's take the, the people that live in this area and keep them down and let's make them need us. Okay? Mm-hmm. Because I don't like that, like they built the La Quinta that was supposed to be whatever. Who's going to stay there? Exactly. There's no place to eat, no place to shop. Okay? It's right in the middle of nowhere. Thank you. So what I want to know, if you guys can answer me, please, and help me figure this out. So we have stopped and shop, okay, on 69th Street. We then go further. What do we find? Nothing. You find a little supermarket that's a bodega or whatever, and not even that. Okay? We had a chance of getting big bucks. We were going to get Becca Hamels a target. Jerry Romsky wanted it. Everybody wanted it. The community board manager, Jonathan Gasper, did not want to allow big bucks in the community. Now, I have a problem with that. We should have. Let me tell you something. If God willing, the fight that I I worked on for years, we got rid of the toll for the residents. If Stacy and Joe get this bill passed, and that tolls off the bridge, all all gloves are off. We have any time to getting big bucks in here. Because, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, you know what? That, that's an excellent because maybe they will start coming in. But but Lou and Jeff, yes. do you guys notice where were our Jewish brothers and sisters? I didn't see the Bayswater City. They were there. 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 Enid and her crew were there. I, I spoke to a couple of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were very quiet. Oh, well. No, no, well. no, no. Let me explain something to you. People got a phone call today telling them to go to the 41st Street houses. Do you know that? Wow. Enid, Enid and uh, Phyllis Rutnick came over to me. Do you know we all received calls that the meeting was moved to 41st wow. Street houses? It's, it's, it's a lot of stuff just being exposed to Okay. And I said, what are you talking wow. about? Edwin, I, when I saw the flyer go up, I shared it with okay. everyone. Okay. And I made mm-hmm. sure on every page I was on. I saw, I saw you were sharing. Okay? And I will tell you, Bayswater was in the house. They raised their hand and were avoided. Ooh. Okay? Ooh. And I can tell you who was there because I know every one of them. Okay? So he was, he was bypassing them as well? Yes. Yes. 
Because, see, I know they're not happy about the shelters coming to Mott Avenue. They're not happy about all the dense housing. That's what, yeah, coming out that's there. what it's about. Yep. Because you heard him say, uh, some people here don't want it, and blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. Right. It's all bully tactics. Not everyone thinks it's great. And let me just say to you, we finally were told the old stock property where Thriftway was, they were going to build this beautiful mall. They redid all the stores. People wanted to rent them. Guess what? We're not doing that. We're going to give you all this housing. Hmm. Okay. Well, well, it's interesting that you. It's interesting he says that because I remember reading old articles when, when then City Councilman James Sanders Jr. was in office. He also was behind building a new mall and attracting big stores like Macy's at the time. The proof is out there about that. Let me tell you something. Rita Stark had a problem with her sister. They owned the mall, and there was a big fight between her and sister and her brother. That's why nothing got done. They finally got the property and had an agreement. And we had all these great businesses lined up to come. And others that have businesses in Far Rockway wanted to expand. Instead, they got Thriftway out. They did, they did them all out. I couldn't believe what happened. Now, what I want to know, with all these units they're building, where is the parking? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's what Eugene Folk says a lot. Okay. Where is the parking going to be? Then the other question, Peninsula Hospital. We fought so hard to keep it. There's a deal now. They're building housing there, too. And no one bought that up. Yep, exactly. But, but, but because those people were bypassed. No, let me explain what it is. You had a lot of people there. You had a man behind me who had braids in his hair. And he kept, he raised his hand, raised his hand. He wouldn't call on him because he had questions. He didn't call upon people. <clears throat> he knew what people had in their mind. He orchestrated exactly. what he did. Okay? Wow. And that's what it was about, orchestration. That's uh, make well, you know, that's that, that I would say that he's definitely that that's what I would call fascism in a way. You see? Because that that's you know, that's a way of censoring people because if it's a town hall, it's open to anyone. Okay, so let Correct. me tell you what it's all about. Last time Eric had the town hall, a couple of people got up and embarrassed the mayor. And he didn't want to have a blemish on him. Now, I don't understand the man behind me had such great concerns. Bayswater, myself, okay? I, I, I couldn't figure out why, okay? And I saw a lot of hands. I was the last one out of the building. I stayed to the end. I was with uh, Pastor Cockburn and, uh, uh, what's the name? Coral Griffin Hunt, Dr. Hunt. And we were mm -hmm. talking, and everyone who walked out who had a problem, I spoke to them. There were a couple of them had some real bad problems. I took them, I gave them my card, and I said, I will help them. A couple of the guys from Arbor, I took them over to Polly Trottenberg. They had issues. That's what it's supposed to be about. You got a problem, talk, and you go over to see the commissioner and get help. It didn't happen that way tonight. 
Yeah, I, I, I honestly felt that the uh, the other town hall was a little better organized. And what was it, Edwin? Do you remember what happened at the end of that town hall? Didn't the mayor stand there for over an hour and talk? To oh him? yes. Yeah. Oh yes. Okay. This time, they whisked the mayor out of there. Yeah. Why? Of course. Because, Why? Because they didn't want the people to hit him with the real stuff. Thank you. Thank you. And well, it wasn't yeah. them. Let's not say them. Let's just say the council. Yes. Correct. And you know what? All the people who live in NYCHA, okay, that were there tonight, no heat, no hot water, rats, no, no contactors, all the stuff, he wanted to keep that hidden. Okay? Yes. okay? You know what? Man up and do what you got to do in your district. Okay? And, and you know what? I wasn't even satisfied with the answers they were giving exactly. to people that live in Nike. Yep, it, it was, I was like, are you serious? Well, well, that's, you know, that, that's what they've been doing for a long time now. You can't give them heat and hot water. You can't, it takes you a year and a half to get a trash can back. Are you freaking serious? Well, was, well, Hamels, Hamels had that boiler, that portable boiler system for like two or three years now. And what about Redfern? Redfern had they, no heat almost the whole winter. Glenn Collins kept calling me to help him. Well, he's he's calling again now. Yes. He's like, yes. they're having the same issue again. And it seems like this stuff always happens when it's starting to get Thank cold. you. And and even Cahill called me. And I called James Sanders on a cell one night. And Cahill was on the phone with me. And he says to me, thank you. Because you know what? I don't. I may not represent Redfern. But I'd be damned if anyone's going to die and freeze to death yeah. when it's cold. That is not nice. And I don't hear no crap that I'm sleeping now. I can't talk to you. Baloney. Well, I'll tell you this right now. You know, I'm going to continue to say it. Even people telling me I don't have the facts or not. But I know what I've been sitting down in these rooms and hearing from real city officials that people don't even get a chance to even get on the phone or you get an email answer to. And I'm telling you right now that the I feel and I know it's right. That they want to prior, they want to privatize NYCHA. They do not want to fix NYCHA. They do not want to keep it public housing. It's not cost effective, and they're sitting on prime real estate property. So why keep keeping there, where you're now taking a loss when you could be making the most? I've told people on the episode before, down on Prince Street in Lower Manhattan, off the South Street Seaport. Yes. There's a big giant. There's a big giant building going up. Yes. And it's called one. It's called One Manhattan. Mm-hmm. And. It's right there, literally, on the same block as a NYCHA development. Right. Mm-hmm. So that should just tell people right there that what kind of real estate sitting on a NYCHA is just going to be collecting money from this. And, and, you know, people could believe Donovan Richards' old dream about how, oh, you know, there's laws in place now where they have to give some units to affordable housing. But they put affordable to whom? Because if most people in NYCHA have been struggling all their life to get a decent job and, and live someplace, they wouldn't be living there for 30 years. So if they had the means of income to just move out and go into these luxury buildings that you call now set aside for affordable people, it's just not logical. He's selling people a pipe dream and people are just now drinking and swallowing it like it's nothing. Um, I mean, they're making it seem like that's going to be a tourist destination. I'm just... Yep, yep. And, and can, I, can I just say to you, not everyone in NYCHA pays a small amount of rent. Oh, oh right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Almost two thousand a month. 
Right. And I asked, I asked one lady who is a nurse. I said to her, Pearl, why do you live in one of the worst buildings on Beach 54th? And you know what she said? I've been here 49 years of my life. I don't want to move. She tells me every night there's gunshots. She has to get on the floor at her bed. And I say, wow. no, what do you pay rent? Eighteen hundred a month to live that way. Okay. That makes so well, I'll, well, I'm be honest with you though. This is where now I kind of shift to the right on here and say, well, hey, listen, if you got two thousand dollars to live in some crap, I mean, it's starting to just become a choice now at that point to just say, hey, uh, you know, I'm I'm struggling here. I got rats and roaches. Yep. At that point, I'm sorry, you just choose to be in that now. If you could pay two thousand dollars tonight, no, you, you know choose what, to no. be there. You know what it is? It's about being stable, living where oh. you grew up. Place that you're familiar with, you know everyone. She said to me, when she gets out of her car, she knows everyone. She knows that they'll look after her. And I said to her, what happens if they start shooting? If you remember a couple of years they're ago. They're not looking after if they're shooting. Right. A couple of years ago on Night Out Against Crime, uh, Geraldine Simmons, uh, who was the pre uh, president of what was known as Edgemere, Okay, mm -hmm. her son mm -hmm. was out there helping the kids that day. He was shot innocently because they were shooting, and he brought the kids in to save their lives. She was out with me at the 101 precinct volunteering, and she lost her son. And you know what? I cannot believe that you have to live that way. And the and what they want to do, they want to take all the parking lots that are in city and NYCHA housing and build more affordable housing, higher rents, and whatever. And really? to me, what is the purpose? Okay? And then how come Wavecrest is running NYCHA buildings? Well, that goes back to what I was yeah. telling you before. That's the privatization of right. NYCHA houses, and that's how it starts. But people shouldn't be scared of that. If you're in the right situation and you, you have a decent job, like you're saying, other people at NYCHA do, which is very much the truth. There are a lot of hardworking families in NYCHA. Mm -hmm. Privatize it. Privatization should be great for them because then that way you get brand new everything. Now you have a developer in there that can afford to make these repairs because the reason why NYCHA is not where it's at now is because, well, they're just in a huge deficit. They've been stealing a lot of money. They've been caught stealing, and there just hasn't been proper investment from all agencies, uh, all governmental agencies, state, federal, city. And I think that would be the best option for the people who are in that situation now. For Unfortunately, there'll be people who aren't. And, you know, they're going to have to now face, you know, trying to get a Section 8 or something, you know, some type of voucher, which I thought was important that what de Blasio had noted in the town hall today about vouchers. And let me tell you about those vouchers. The vouchers that they're giving now are no good, and I'll explain. It's not Section 8. The voucher that they're given, no landlord wants to take. It's the links program. Oh, and what yeah. happens is, yeah, that's not that's not Section Eight, right? You get help. What is, could you explain that to me, Lou? What it Please. is? Links. What they do, they'll start you off saying paying eighteen hundred, two thousand a month, and they'll get you down to giving you two hundred a month. You have to have a job that you make three times the amount of your rent. Now mm. let's be realistic. Okay, most people today 
live paycheck to paycheck. I don't know where they think they're going to get people to be able to do this. So links is a failure. You go to the homeless shelter, they give you links. Now, if you're hmm. working at Rite Aid, Dwayne Reed, Stop and Shop, making minimum wage, you're not going to be able to pay your rent. Uh, absolutely. So I don't know what they're thinking. Section 8 was a great program. It was 30% of your income. So that means Jeffrey's starting out. He gets married. He has a baby. He's only making 12000 14000 Set you in 20000 a year. They divide your, let's say your monthly income is 1300 It would go divided by 30%. So it would be $390 your rent. And if you have other bills, it would bring it down. It would be affordable. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And that's important to say because a lot of people that are on that section, they don't know that. Right. It's important that you provide all your expenses to the agency. And that's how you get a lower rent. If your kids are in college or in high school, you ask the school for a package of what you're spending on schools. And that even breaks down a lot of your rent. And what was also interesting about what de Blasio was saying, see now de Blasio was only talking about section eight. He didn't mention these other, like, you know, no, 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 he didn't say section eight. He answered to programs, and you, I, I screamed right. out. Well, well, there, well, there's several different programs right. with Section Eight. No, no, but yes. I screamed out. No, 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 no. I screamed out from my seat. No one takes these vouchers, and the commissioner got up and said, "You can't refuse them." Now, Edwin, you mm, own a house. You, you can't. Wait a minute. Hold on, Edwin. You own a home. It's a two-family mm-hmm. home, correct? Sure. All right. Here's my question to you. Uh, you go into the real estate, you give your apartment to list. I now come okay. there with this links voucher. I don't have a job. I don't, I got a job making minimum wage. And your rent is $2,500. Uh, and I was just evicted from another apartment for non-payment of rent. Do you <laughs> want to deal with me? No, uh, I would not want to create a headache for myself. Thank you. So, he says you can't refuse people. If you fail a credit report, your credit is no good, you can be turned down. And just because I go and look at your apartment, you could turn me down and say, oh, I'm sorry, I, uh, I'm not interested in you. Well, why are you turning me down? You don't have to give a reason, okay? Most people yeah. don't give a reason outside of Maybe they'll say income, or you have too many kids, because of the water bill, whatever. But I'm just saying, honestly, the facts that were stated tonight was so mis- I misconstrued. I was like, I, I wish that I could have said to the mayor, you have no clue. I have so many people who live in this community on programs, and I even posted, help me. I named all the real estate agents. Can you get me an apartment to these people? Not one of them answered. And you know what? They all called me and said, please take my name off. Wow. Well, well, Lou, you, what, you're, you're really, what you're saying is an excellent point, but there's a lot of other factors there that you, know, you didn't mention when it comes to uh, Section 8 vouchers. Um, the thing is, though, landlords, they, 
what the HPD director is saying is sort of true, but landlords still have rights of their own as well as far as, you know, when people come in with these subsidies. It's not that they're denying them because they have the voucher itself. There are a lot of other factors, like you mentioned, with the credit reports. And then you also have to factor in, though, they're still going to ask for your income, which they have a which they have the legal right to ask. And the problem is, though, it's very simple. OK, let's say this person somehow comes up with three times the rent along with the voucher. OK, cool. You're going to bring them in. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem, though. They don't pay their rent. The landlord is well within their rights to be like they got to go. Yes. So it's not really a risk. It's not really a risk for the landlords too much. It's really a risk with these people with the vouchers, because what a lot of people don't realize about these vouchers if you don't follow through every year and you don't pay your rent, they will take your voucher away from you. Exactly. Exactly. And not so only that, I think it's also important that you just point out to people too that with these vouchers is that they have to make sure all their paperwork is together and in order. Okay. If it's not in order and you go up there in front of that landlord and you're trying to get these luxury apartments or you're trying to get a nice place to live, they won't give it to you because they really these landlords want to make sure they can get paid right that's the bottom line right but let me let me just say that to say the problem with these vouchers okay uh i come in and move in by you three months later my voucher is good for twenty five hundred dollars three months later i don't give my five hundred dollars share you know what the landlord's now stuck with me because the city says Oh, we can't make them homeless. Now, that part is true. That's very true right now. Okay. So that's what the problem becomes. That's why no one wants to take these programs. But I'll tell you right now, though, it's a necessary problem. It is, and you know what? Let me say something to you. I, before the grace of God go I, you never know when you're in financial trouble. And after Hurricane Sandy, many families were displaced and homeless. They lost their places to live, and their jobs. And what did they do with them? They sent them to the Bronx to shelters. We had a shelter open on 65th Street. We couldn't get one of our own people in there. They sent them to the Bronx. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's the, that's the unfortunate thing. If you're getting displaced and you're being put in a shelter, you don't know where you're going to wind up. But look, you heard the woman, you heard Denine Ferguson get up and talk about a family that lived in Beach 22nd Street on New Haven Avenue where the fire was. And that those four kids have to travel from Brooklyn from a hotel. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. Well, I mean, that's that's the, I mean, it's not right, but that is the nature of the beast right now because we have a lot, I feel we have a lot of laws of the place in New York State that need to be ratified because there's a lot of loopholes with the right to shelter law and things like that, where people are being bused from other cities and they're coming into our state. Yes. And they're so saying they that they're get, homeless. Yep, yep, exactly. Exactly. And, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of reading and I've been doing a lot of sitting down in different meetings and different community boards across the city. I, I have a broad aspect of it, but it's not that simple either. And I'm not trying to make excuses for these electeds. Everybody know I'm the last one to do that. But <laughs> I have to say that, you know, in credit to de Blasio, he is more transparent with this, but he also is just like the rest of them that just don't have a clue right now to like well, how to fix this. And to be honest, to you, Lou, I, or Ed, I don't think either one of us in here either has all the answers to this. No. No. And, well, you know, well, you know what's sad? Why would you pay three to 6000 a month to put someone in a shelter 
when you can give them real permanent housing for less. And they're doing this in all so many other countries already, and it's been proven to be successful. Um, and one of the places where, you know, I have a lot of family and, you know, grew up around like in Chicago and um, mm-hmm. different areas of like Colorado and Texas, what they're doing is they're giving people a path to homeless. I mean, a, a path to um, housing where yeah. they work a certain amount of a certain amount of time. And they now like basically the, the state is investing and the city is investing in you while you work. Right. And and they're able to now now you have a big neti pot what what I call it of funds that you can use once you're done doing the deeds that you're doing for the city and these people have homes and they're living in them they're they on their programs and they and they be able to keep these jobs and they're not like these are not some rinky dick jobs cleaning up a park right like they're actually learning like real skills a lot of them are working for the transportation company in Chicago a lot of them are out there working for sanitation these are city jobs they have mm-hmm. and. You're telling me if they stay in this program, they're only asking them to stay in this program for five years. You're telling me if you have a city job for five years, you're still getting benefits that you're not going to be able to not maintain a home after you finally get one in five years. Impossible. It's true. It's true. Impossible. If you're going back being homeless after that. See what they did in Chicago that they didn't do in New York city. Uh, During wreck in the nineties and early 2000, they, imploded city housing buildings, the high rises, and they went to low rise. They were getting rid of them. Right. They made well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Story. Chicago was knocking down the yeah. Right. They were knocking down the housing projects. Right. right. They made two story uh, townhouses and whatever, and they gave people a better quality of life. Instead of creating ten thousand people within within a, a two block range, they cut it down to 150 300 people and they did it right in new and, york, and it's easier to it's easier to maintain those buildings too that's correct in new york they never did that there was always rumors that city housing nitra housing was going co-op it never happened yeah that, yeah you're right that's been a rumor for a long time right wow. yeah and that's why, and that's why a lot of people decided to stay in the projects all these years because they were under that notion that they were all renting into into ownership, into yes. a share, and it's yep. it just never was true. Well, the uh, other thing that happened in Nitra, Grandma lived there, and Grandma then one of her grandchildren became into drugs, ran Grandma out of the apartment, and staying there illegally. Correct. Okay. That's the problem that we have there. Yes. When I lived in what was called the project thing, everyone had to be screened. They had to know about you. Come to your house. Open your drawers to see how you live. (laughs) Really, when I moved into Seaview Towers, my first apartment in 1977, okay, they came to where I was living in Bay Towers, looked in my bedroom, opened the, all the drawers of my dresser to see how I lived, to ask questions. Otherwise, I wasn't getting any Yes, yes. Things were, things were so much different back yes. then. And if we readopted those things now, you yes. got these crazy lunatic liberals out there who say that this is fascism. This is unnecessary. Mm-hmm. This is not. This is not right. This is discrimination. No. 
Do you not want to live in a comfortable neighborhood? Do you not want to live in a desirable neighborhood? Yeah, exactly. Good question. Good question. Well, gentlemen, I really appreciate you guys coming on tonight, Lou Simon, and dropping some knowledge on us. Thank you. And we definitely would like to have you back on again because you seem to have a history book of this peninsula. I, let me tell you something. I'm very proud. Uh, I'm, I'm 59 years old, and I've lived here my whole life. And I will tell you that I'm so, what's the word, proud and happy that I live in Rockaway. And I will tell you, there's no better place in the world to live than where we live. And I'm going to tell you, when I come back from wherever I am, the air is good, there's a breeze, and it's very, very welcoming. Our community is welcoming. And we welcome everyone here. We just got to change the leadership. Oh, good luck. Without a doubt. <laughs> Without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, gentlemen. Thank Thanks you. A lot. Thank Until you. Next time. Peace right. from the East. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good night.